0: Demons Discuss, take 55, the one with the bright hues.
1: Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela Jean and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela Jean. Hello,
2: ladies. Hello. Hello. And what are we talking about today, Jean? We are talking about Chapter 29. We get to meet the Maharal ooh, and a whole bunch of other stuff.
0: We're canceling our appointments at court and going across to Old Town. That's right. Yep. That's right. <laughs> yep, And we get to see all of Hair My handiwork, too.
2: Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And maybe pick up a pretzel on the way home. Maybe. Ooh, it's a date. <laughs> I
1: think we should. Yeah, we're going to need it. We're going to need the sustenance for what comes later. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This podcast is sponsored by our listeners who have opted to become patrons. Our generous patrons allow our listener population to be free of ads during this hour plus of chatting we do on the All Souls universe. That's right. There's no Squarespace, no HelloFresh, no Quip, no Stamps.com, no me undies or Peloton ads. I mean and don't get us wrong, they're good products probably, but they're not <laughs> sponsoring us. <laughs> because we don't need it, but we do need our listener population. Without you guys there'd be no us. And we don't want to drive you guys off with the ads, but we do need to pay our bills. So that's why we do the Patreon spiel at the beginning of the show and then leave you alone about it for the most part for the rest of the time. So Angela, explain the benefits of becoming a patron to the people. I
0: was going to say, it's a two-way street. We appreciate the coin, but you also get something. Yay! You get an after show, which is a potpourri of topics amongst us three demons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And as we always say, it's like a white elephant party. You just don't know what you're going to get. Yes. <laughs> but patron also has different tiers. So depending on your your giving level, you might get a pouch, you might get a tote, you might get a sponsorship. You just don't know, but you do get something, and we're ever so grateful.
1: Yes. So if you're interested, check it out. Go to Patreon.com, Slant Demons Discuss.
2: Oh, and you get a community. You get a built-in community, too. Don't forget oh, that. Oh, yes.
1: Yes. Because we're, yeah, we're kind of a community there, too. Yeah. That's so, uh, Well, sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself when I post there, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hello. Hello. Has anyone seen anyone my there? post? I still post anyway. I don't care. Oh, goodness. All right. We don't have Discusser emails this week because the goddess has. Blessed us and opened up our personal schedules at the last minute. So, yay and yay.
0: <laughs> I love how the, I love that positive spin. Yes.
2: <laughs> but it's true, though. The goddess told me I didn't have to go to Midland. That's today, right. So that's good. That's why we're here. So, Jean
1: is with us today, so we can all record. And we decided to take advantage of the time we have with her and pack in an extra episode. So, as my pal Jean says, bye gods. <laughs> But, you know, as my pal Angela always says, we always invite you to write in with your thoughts in this chapter. Whenever. Unprompted. That's right. Just write us. Whatever. DemonsDiscuss at com, Or you can send us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash DemonsDiscuss. Or you can use our phone number, and that's 360-519-7836. Yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's kind of like remembering my landline. I'm not even sure I don't know. I never, <laughs> I never call it. Whatever. <laughs> it's like I can tell you what my old one was because I had that for 15 years mm-hmm. but this oh, one
1: no Fuck I, don't, oh. I don't know <laughs>
0: I have to ask Robert hey what's my phone number <laughs> <laughs> I remember my childhood phone number. I'm gonna call it later. See if my
2: parents parents still have the same phone number that I had as a child. And it is well the the area code changed, but the phone number hasn't and it was one digit off from the little Caesars Pizza parlor. Oh my god (laughs) Pizza Pizza. Oh wow
1: (laughs) All right, so with that phone number be advised outside the US international charges may apply with your mobile carrier. But SpeakPipe is always free, okay? So take advantage, guys. Take advantage. Just like Lord of the Lovely Boys. That's right. Yeah. And what is it? 90 oh. seconds? 90 seconds with SpeakPipe and three minutes with the phone number. So you have time. You have time. Get your thoughts together. Yeah. Let us have them. Um. So we're going to go into the chapter discussion, which is brought to you by Ivana Curso. Thank you, Ivana. Thank Yay, you, Ivana. See
2: you in Cardiff. Wow. Yay.
1: It's It's getting Quite a trek for her.
2: I know. I know. She's coming all across the world. I can't wait to meet her. All right. So let's start the wagon
1: here. We left off in chapter 28. Matthew had just hung Edward Kelly out of a third story window by his ankle to get some answers about the manuscript now presently known as Ashmole 782. And then we open up chapter 29 with Matthew and Diana chasing the leads that Edward reluctantly provided them. And they are headed to Old Town. So what did you guys think of Old Town? Town. I mean, the rabbi, like your overall thoughts and everything.
2: Well, overall, I like this chapter. I love Mm -hmm. the whole interlude. I love Jewish town. I love the way Deb conveys the history, the way Deb conveys her lesson that tolerance isn't enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because people can turn on you in a dime. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, they can be your friend, but when things aren't advantageous to them or their lives, everybody for mm-hmm. themselves.
0: I, yeah. I love the history, but I, I love the insertion of another wise character. It's almost like a resetting or a palate cleanser or an intermission because you have Philippe and then you have Goody and now you have uh, Rabbi Lowe. It's almost like a calming, let's reset and start again. Yeah, yeah. Matthew kind of gets his Goody. Yes. And the yes. Rabbi. Yes. yes.
1: I noticed that too. Let's start reading with the chapter. After days of careful negotiation, Matthew was able to arrange a visit with Rabbi Judah Lowe. To make room for it, Galaglass had to cancel my upcoming appointments at court, citing illness. And unfortunately, this announcement caught the emperor's attention. Like, oh, God, here we go.
2: <laughs> well, but even before, here we go, why did they have to negotiate to get this meeting? This time around, that opening sentence got me curious. After careful. Well, I don't know, because yeah. Matthew showing up in the Old Town,
1: I kind of got the idea that he wasn't welcome there, even though he's
2: shown up before. We just didn't get to see it. So I, I, I kind of wonder if not only is Old Town almost a pogrom for for the Jews, I'm I'm wondering if it's also one of those areas where you've got a lot of weaver sheltering yeah. and yeah. not just Abraham.
0: Well, and I, I think because he's already asked once, even when he gets there, well, and we'll get to it, but he's like, I already told you, I'm not going to tell you who made the golem. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah. I can see it. Another meeting? Really? What is this one going to be about? Now he's got someone else in tow with him? Right. Yeah. Well, and then when we were talking about
2: 27 and all of a sudden, you know, Matthew's doing business everywhere. He's right. got the bank yeah. going, He's got this going. He's got meetings going. And it's like, this must be some of that business. Yeah.
1: So do you think it was congregation business? No, that was Philippe's business, I think, when he's got the books yeah, going. Yeah, but I
2: think this, I think the Golem is the
1: congregation, is the congregation yeah. business. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, is <laughs> where secrets go to die,
0: apparently.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Her secrets are secrets no more on Malastrata. <laughs>
1: Uh, So Rudolph sent over all sorts of lotions and potions to heal his uh, latest object of affection. A bazaar. Unicorn horn to drink all the elixirs from. The electuary had me like going, I don't know. For a second, it sounded like a rudimentary gin and tonic, you know, with the juniper and the lemons. Then they kind of ruined it with the saffron.
2: (laughs) And I was like, oh. (laughs) And the mustard. (laughs) Well, when you started talking about the mustard seed and the camphor, and I'm like, oh, oh, no. Hell no. It's
0: like what is a syrup of nah, it? Bruh. Or, and they turned it into a paste on top of it. Uh,
1: ah yeah. gosh. Uh. <laughs> 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 oh, a gin and tonic
2: out of a unicorn horn? Yes, please. That other shit. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> that other shit, no. Sounds like a sounds like a regular Friday night at the Demon Domain. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. And Rudolph sends a note over
1: written in German, translated roughly. It says, I promise you will not starve. I'll keep you satisfied. I'm like,
2: oh. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think Rudolph's going to be choking the chicken if <laughs> the yeah. has anything to do with
1: it. Uh, it says, "Ich uh, verspreche sie werden nicht ich was euch zu Man,
2: he managed to make it sound unsexy is more than I could ever imagine. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh,
1: yeah. I don't know. You hear German sometimes? It's like, oh, yeah. that's that's rough. But you know, English <laughs> English to people sounds a little rough too. So I won't say anything. Yeah. So here we go. They head off to Old Town to meet Rabbi Lowe. And what did you think of this place based on Deb's description? This place seemed very well kept and together until you cross the other side of the tracks, just like modern day cities, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, what I thought was even before that, I thought the fact that uh, Dr. Hayek was going to keep her secret was kind of interesting Yeah. Too. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah. It's like, we don't need to tell him They this. bought him I'm off with like, chickens. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's probably like, I, I, I don't want to have to come back yeah. for another visit to check on you either. Yeah. This is a pain in yeah, my ass. kind of like <laughs> this is a pain in my ass. This is, I know you're not sick.
2: I had to mix up this shit which is probably smells to high heaven an no top of No joke. <laughs>
1: So then we go into the Jewish town where it's crowded and it's like a huddle of Jews in this sort of island within the city. And I I, I didn't know what to think of that. I was just, just like, okay OK. The,
2: the, I mean, it's really crowded, but it sounds like it's neat and well kept and
1: tight community anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 It's not like the tenements in the Lower East no, Side. No, right, right, right. the no. turn of the century at all. <laughs> so on the way to Rabbi Lowe's, people
1: are side-eyeing them, you know, and avoiding them and the people who greeted them called me. Matthew Gabriel, and I know back in the day that kind of got our heads spinning because, yeah. Un- yeah. unlike the TV show in in the books, the names are important. So Gabriel right. is yeah. one of his given names here,
2: and that's a na- his angel name. And Gabriel is a messenger of God, or as we look at it, the messenger of Philippe. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and his we get another name, another one of Philippe's nicknames too. I love How many, that. Di- how many names do we have of Philippe? To, um, uh, how are you pronounce it Elchides. El- uh, Alchides, Alchides, uh, leon Tataimos. Ariel, the Lion of Jerusalem, mm. which we all get into that in a little
1: bit, yeah,
0: and Philippe so far, yeah, and Heracles. Well, yeah, he, I guess he's the inspiration of, I yeah,
1: suppose. True. Okay, so we meet Rabbi Lo finally, and what did you two think of him? And Matthew's regard of him, and to me, he's Oh, I loved. Him. I did too. Matthew seemed reverent of this person. Yes, yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. Like the grandfather, he never had. Yeah, and
1: Diana describes him having the same quiet power as Philippe. So I was like, okay,
0: I can breathe here. Whew. It's so nice not to meet another clown. (laughs) Oh, I know. know. Another punk ass, deadbeat fucking
2: clown. Oh, but wait, there's. we get that in this chapter too? Wait. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Matthew here being reverent. The Maharal is one of the finest men who's ever lived. And that's kind of, hello. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of high praise coming from Matthew, you know, so. Right. And
2: even, even Diana recognized yeah. it. This is a considerable
1: accolade. So here comes Rabbi Lowe. He said, I did think, Gabriel, that we had concluded our business, Rabbi Lowe said sternly in Latin. He looked and sounded very much like a headmaster. I would not share the name of the witch who had made the golem before, and I will not do so now. Rabbi Low turned to me and then he's like I'm sorry Frau Royden my impatience with your husband has made me forget my manners it's a pleasure to meet you it's like oh nice to meet you (laughs) And so Matthew says, you know, he clarifies. He's like, hey, I haven't come here about the Gollum. My business today is private. It concerns a book.
2: Now, think about this, her meeting of the Maharal compared to meeting John Dee. I mean, you've got two men of learning and it's like polar opposites of one another. right? Well, another reason I love it.
1: Yeah, because and then John Dee's got the baggage of, of his freaking complaining wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: yeah. she kind of had a right to complain, I think. <laughs>
1: That's true. That's true.
0: So T so, was kind of shady. We're going through this exercise of <laughs> Rabbi Low asking questions, but. Do, don't you think that he already knows he's just going through the motions and he's just leading him down the path because Abraham has already filled him in? Yeah. And that, w- that was part of the negotiation. Like he had to consult yeah. with his, i uh, we always say, consigliere. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: yeah. He had to talk to the people around Jewish town. I'm sure he had to talk to Abraham and was like, yeah. you know, and Abraham was not happy to see him. So he already says. knows what's up
0: when he says, what book yeah. is that? Mm,
1: yes. And Diana's picking up on that. You know, her little witchy vibe is like, oh,
2: okay. I'm curious. I mean, the whole way that Kelly's the one who like triggers her her witchy vibe is kind of interesting to me, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. It's like, he was really a catalyst, and I don't think Deb ever really explained what it was. The why Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we get more of this down the line, too, as everything culminates in Prague. And it's like, as I was reading this chapter, I'm like, okay, we know the hows, and we know what happens, but I'm I'm still kind of in the dark of the why because... Right.
1: Well, um, I don't know. I don't know how I rectify that in my head. I think uh, with Diana and Edward Kelly, I think they both kind of had things about them and they, they had the book in common where they... Yeah, talk to the book.
2: But of all of the creatures that have a tie to the book, it's like kind of like why Kelly? He's like he's probably the worst. I mean, people will argue with me, but I think Kelly is a far worse demon than even Kit. Mm -hmm. She's just in a lot of ways. He's just he's kind of like Peter Knox in a way. I mean, he's kind of a con man and out for himself and manipulative people and just not a good. This is the first person person that
1: really has a connection to the book that she's come across,
2: right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But of all the people to pick.
1: Why him? Why yeah. him? That's, okay. Other
2: people have to have connections to the book. But why
1: him? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a lesson of everything we do in life. There's a reason for
0: it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I want to know the reason, damn it. Maybe just part uh, fact and part fiction. Because he was, he was, it was, I don't want to say convenient, but he was doing alchemy. And he was in Prague and he was doing experiments. So it was Good point. easy yeah. to fill yeah, in the I gap. Mean, true. Yeah,
2: and, and it true. And he was already part of Deb's research from conversations. Right, Indeed. right. It, Maybe it was simple. Very yeah. convenient. Yeah. Okay. So
1: look at that. Matthew can be straightforward and minus the shaded truth here. He says, it is a volume my wife found at university far away from here. So Raballo goes, ah, I see we're going to be honest with each other this afternoon. We should do so where it's quiet enough for me to enjoy the experience.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love the sarcasm. I love that he's like this, this smart and yes. very, very wise man, but he's not above throwing a little shade. Yeah. <laughs>
1: come into my study. <laughs> so, Yeah, I enjoyed that about him. I, I was like, okay, you know, hey, don't bullshit He kind me. of reminds me of
2: Dumbledore in a way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dumbledore was never above a little shade. No. <laughs> and he
1: did it so politely, and it's like, oh, wait, was that an insult? Shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a loving insult. Yeah.
1: <laughs> On the way to his study, Diana notices a cauldron of ink, and it reminds her of some witchy concoction. Apparently, Matthew had helped him make the ink blacker, and I thought that was interesting you know? And I was like, oh. Everyday alchemy. Yep. Matthew says, is this batch of ink more satisfactory? And Rabbi Lowe says, it is. You have done me a service by telling me to add those nails to the pot. It does not require so much soot to make it black. And the consistency is better. So we're getting a little lesson here. Deb's giving us a little lesson on how Mm -hmm. they used to make the ink all black.
2: Well, I mean, and it's, it's neat to see her carrying, the at least with the ink, the lessons on because when we were in the apothecary when they were talking about the ink, the red ink with the hawk's blood and how. Some of the magical inks are yeah. and then we, we get Rabbi Lowe and his concerns with his ink and the fact that, you know, it all ties into the whole book too. Yeah. It's just all... And it kind of reminded me I of meet. the
1: black dye discussion we had with the dresses too. Yeah. How it takes yeah, so true. long to get the black to set, you know. Yep. Uh, to keep it even yeah. and get it black enough. So he waits for Diana to sit. He, well, he asks her to sit. He said, please sit. Then he waits for Diana to sit down and he takes the other seat. Matthew, too bad. <laughs> you still and over there, you're a vampire. You can take it. And uh, Matthew says, "I'm young enough to sit at your feet like one of your pupils, Maharal." And Matthew grinned and folded himself gracefully into a cross-legged position.
2: Well, uh, here's a question: Is Matthew Good going to be able to do that? <laughs> Takes some acting. <laughs> There's not very many forty-something guys that I know of that can sit cross-legged gracefully. I mean, now.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe like in one take on the camera, and then he will be like, "Help me up! Help me up!"
2: <laughs> body, Get me body.
1: Come in. I need you to drop down gracefully. You need to do
2: the body double on this.
1: (laughs) So he goes now to the business. Why has the wife of Gabriel Ben Ariel come so far to look for a book? And there we go. Gabriel Ben Ariel.
0: Yep, the Lion of Jerusalem. And then so Diana senses that he knows she's a time walker. Yeah. And for me, this is where everything came together with Discovery yeah. Witches, the, the page coming out of the Bishop House, Book of Life, you know, just everything. I don't want to spoil it for people, but, you know, yeah. this, this is such a critical point. Yes. <laughs> as soon as my mind formed the question, a man's face swam over
1: the air over Rabbi Lowe's shoulder. The face, though young, already showed many worry creases around deep set gray eyes and the dark brown beard was graying in the center of his chin. And then she says another witch told." told you about me, I said softly. And Rabbi Lowe nodded. Prague is a wonderful city for news. Alas, half of what is said is untrue. He waited for a moment. In the book, Rabbi Lowe reminded me. Diana says, we think it might tell us about how creatures like Matthew and me came to be. And here's where it reminded me of Goody Allsup right here. This is not a mystery. God made you just as he made me and Emperor Rudolph. And it reminded me where she's chiding Susanna saying mm-hmm. Matthew has a
2: soul. It's clear to me and you should see it too right to me this read it was kind of that was kind of like the anvil dropping on my head it's like the foreshadowing was so strong right yeah there yes oh my god rabbi low knows he, he, he knows the answer to Matthew's question. Yep, absolutely. But he's going to make him go through this. It's like the centuries long Socratic method. You need to go through all the steps and figure this out for the lesson to really take root. Show yeah. your work.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, yes. A, yes. it's an exercise analogy. On, very much like Philippe. Mm-hmm. I mean, Philippe yeah. does active tests. But this is also a test. Like you said, Mm -hmm. exercise, show your work. Show your work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so Diana feels like she's
1: back in class speaking of showing your work. (laughs) 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 And she's being challenged by a teacher and Diana, being who she is, doesn't want to disappoint him with the answer. So she says, perhaps, but God has given us additional talents. You cannot make the dead live again, Rabbi Lowe, nor do strange faces appear before you when you pose a simple question. And then Rabbi Lowe returns turns. He says, true, but you do not rule Bohemia, and your husband's German is better than mine, even though I have conversed in a language since I was a child. Each of us is uniquely gifted, Frau Royden. In the world's apparent chaos, there's still evidence of God's plan.
2: God, that sounds like it came right out of Deb's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. She's showing what a smart little cookie she is. She's
1: like, you speak of God's plan with such confidence, because you know your origins from the Torah. And then he goes, it seems I have been discussing theology with the wrong member of our Ariel's family, Rabbi Lowe said dryly, even though his eyes twinkled with mischief.
2: Again, he knows more than he's letting on mm-hmm. because yeah. what he says right there, it's like, it's not just you married into it. I, the way he says it, it, I never took it as, well, she married into Ariel's family. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's almost like he knows she's a deeper part of that family than just by marriage. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yep. So Diana's like, okay, who's Ariel? Matthew provides the answer. My father is known as Ariel among the Rabbi Lowe's people, Matthew explained. And Diana's like, the angel of wrath? And she's like, that doesn't sound like Philippe. What? <laughs> what,
2: what, what? That's kind of naive, Diana.
1: I, come on. <laughs> yeah, really?
2: <laughs> well, wrath, wrath is kind of a strong word for it. Yeah. Yeah. So the angel of ticked off might be better. <laughs> so what do you guys suppose
1: Philippe did to piss people off in Jewish town over well, there? Well,
2: um, let's see they tried to take over Jerusalem for the creature. I mean, a little bit which is why he's <laughs> and I think that's why they call him the lion of, the lion of Jerusalem because well he is Leonine and right. the whole Jerusalem was the center of Outremer, which he tried to establish as a, as a creature kingdom community yeah. kingdom um, oops that didn't work sorry the, that whole crusade thing part of the problem with the crusades is like that's some of the first really bad anti-semitic pogroms started with you know the rhineland massacre and we'll talk more about that a little later Ugh. so i mean he's been on the wrong side of things on more than on one occasion with the jewish people so i kind of think that's i mean his little whoopsies are kind of the, big yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, little, the little whoopsies aren't yeah it's like so, i mean uh, but he also has tried to fix things so yeah we've got that i mean I, later on he probably woke up he's like ah uh, maybe i should have done oh, that
0: shit. <laughs> i i, I should have i i should have for, foreseen yeah. that. I mean, I don't like that Philippe was on the wrong side of things, but I do like that even Deb will say that he's trying to do better. He just he's made mistakes and he tries to do better. Do better, yeah, do better. I'm a fan of doing better. <laughs> I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of glad he's not perfect. No, exactly. No, it'd no. be horrible.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Philippe is perfect. It's just like perfect. The whole idea of perfect Matthew makes my skin grow. Yeah, no. Yeah. He wouldn't. Yeah, he yeah. wouldn't
0: be. Him. That's not fun. It wouldn't be that's
1: him if fun. he weren't perfect. I couldn't yell at him. Come on, Matthew. Well, I mean, do <laughs> <too> better. <bad. laughs> Okay, so Rabbi Lowe says, but Ariel makes an effort to atone and judgment belongs to God. So, you know, Rabbi is being like, hey, hey, it's not for me to judge, but he did kind of fuck up around here. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I get it. We all do, but do better. So now he confesses. The emperor did show me such a book. Alas, his majesty not give me much time to study it. And uh, Matthew's like, anything you can tell us about it would be useful. And he was like all excited and leaning forward, right? And okay, so Emperor Rudolph, and this is Rabbi Lowe, Emperor Rudolph called me to his palace and hoped that I'd be able to read the text. The alchemist, the one they call the Maschugener Edward, had it from. I know. I, know
2: I just love that.
0: I am always down for Yiddish. Yeah. I know. It Yiddish reminds slang you remember that is that the PSA best. where they the first I think Korean rabbi and she's like, "What are you Maschugener?" <laughs> <laughs> Okay,
1: so Meshugginer Edward had it from the library of his master, the Englishman John D. It is difficult to understand why God chose to make D. learned but foolish and Edward ignorant yet cunning. And this is true. This seems to be how it works lately, you know? It's like, hmm. All right, so Meshugginer Edward told the emperor that this ancient book contained the secrets of immortality. And to live forever is ever powerful man's dream but the text was written in a language that no one understood except for the alchemists so diana says rudolph called upon you thinking it was an ancient form of hebrew and then rabbi lowe's like well it may be ancient but it's not hebrew <laughs> 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 I love that. that. it's like there were pictures too I didn't understand the meaning, but Edward said they were alchemical in nature. Perhaps the words explain those images. Diana wants to know, when you saw it, were the words moving? And uh, Lowe's like, how could they be moving? They were just symbols written in ink on the page. And that's just letting Diana know, hey, it's not broken. We can still get it, right? Someone removed several pages from it before I saw it in Oxford. It was impossible to figure out the text meaning because the words were racing around looking for their lost brothers and sisters. And then Rabbi Lowe's like, you make it sound like, as though the book is alive, Rabbi Lowe said. And then she goes, I think it is. And then Matthew's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: What?
2: What? what? It's like, she's, always, she's always dropping these bombs I know. in his lap. They drop bombs
1: on each other all the time. Yes. <laughs> And then Dinah's like, what? I didn't
2: tell you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I meant to tell you. I love
1: that. It sounds unbelievable, I know. But when I think back to that night and what happened when I touched the book, it's the only way to describe it. The book recognized me. It was hurting somehow. And I thought it lost something essential. And, you know, that's a hell of a thing to drop on his lap in front of Rabbi Lowe. Come on now. But (laughs) uh, there are stories among my people of books written living flame with words that move and twist. So those only chosen by God can read them, Rabbi Lowe was testing me again. I recognize the sign of a teacher quizzing his students. Diana says, I've heard those stories and the stories about other lost books too. The tablets Moses destroyed, Adam's book in which he recorded the true names of every part of creation. And so Rabbi Lowe says, if your book is as significant as they are, perhaps it's God's will that it will remain hidden.
2: So, yeah, okay, bye, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I have the feeling all of a sudden we may see the angel Raziel creep up sooner or later since that's the keeper of God's secrets? Hmm. Where would we see Future that? Future book, maybe? Future book? book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we still, we still don't know exactly what the book of life is, four books into it, other than that Diana has taken it into her body. All right, guys. So that's going to be in book eight or nine, you Future?
1: figure. nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Diana says, but it's not hidden. Rudolph knows where it is, even if he can't read it. Who would you rather have the custody of such a powerful object? Matthew of the Emperor. Rabbi Lowe says, I know many wise men who would say that to choose between Gabriel Ben Ariel and his majesty would only determine the lesser of the two evils. So it's like, damn. Ouch. Burn. <laughs> <Ooh>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Another truth bomb in Matthew's right. so <laughs> He's getting, they're getting lobbed at him from all directions. But he softens the blow. He
1: says, happily, I do not count myself among them. Still, I cannot help you further. I have seen the book, but I do not know its present location. So, yeah sorry. So Matthew says, the book is in Rudolph's possession, or at least it was. Until you confirm that, we only had Dr. D's suspicion and the assurances of the aptly named Crazy Edward. The rabbi says, madmen can be dangerous. You should be more careful (laughs) about who you hang out the window, Gabriel. (laughs) Oh, shit, you heard about that. (laughs) Damn. damn. (laughs) You people talk too much around here. Oh, God. So the town is buzzing with reports that Michigana Edward was flying around Malastrana with the devil. Naturally, I assumed you were involved. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so, I feel. I feel like though the the Malastrana in and the town they gossip because it's something for them to do as a pastime. But as far it's a sport. As, it's a yeah. sport. But for a Rabbi Lowe, it's for safety.
1: Yeah, just collecting all these little whispers around town. It's like,
2: well, just based on what I've read, it's probably not unlike the Jewish people living in Germany and France in the mid '30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, you have any close knit community?
2: Yeah, you you have to start putting your ear to the ground, and it's like mm, gossip isn't sport anymore. It's like the first whispers of yeah something bad catching fire. It's
1: information, man. It's intelligence. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rabbi Lowe's tone... Uh held a note of gentle reproof. Gabriel, Gabriel, what will your father say? And (laughs) Matthew says, I should have dropped him, no doubt. My father has little patience with creatures like Edward Kelly. He says, you mean madmen? Matthew says, I meant what I said, Maharal. He says, the man you talk so easily about killing is, alas, the only person that can help you find your wife's book. But you truly want to know its secrets. Life and death are great responsibilities. And Matthew comes back and he says, given what I am, you will not be surprised that I'm familiar with their particular burden.
2: I'm wondering if that statement has two inferences. This time around, it occurred to me, it's like, I know Rabbi Lowen probably know, knows he's a vampire, mm-hmm. but does he also know that he's an assassin? I mean, just the way Matthew said it, it's almost like, is Rabbi Lowen his and Philippe's confidence in, in that respect, too? It
1: could be. It depends. Maybe. I don't know the relationship between Philippe and Rabbi Lowe.
2: I guess the reason I, I'm making that leap is because there seems to be such a subtext in this whole conversation that Rabbi Lowe seems to be signaling that he recognizes that Diana is more than a wife yeah. to the family and her family relationship. Yeah. And then this comment is loaded. I mean, there's so many loaded comments scattered through this chapter. See, I
0: read the loaded comment, Rabbi Lowe stopped, considered his words. But do you really want to know its secrets? Life and death are great responsibilities. That, to me, is Bridget Bishop's talking. That is Goody Allsop talking. It is. So I didn't take it as a Matthew emphasis, more of a Diana and what she really is emphasis.
2: Yeah, and then but and then, then there's Abraham and the Matthews and the Matthews response was where I was like, he's making response to somebody who knows a whole bunch of his history. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, no, I do think he's informed he's, by he's, a, Abraham, but I, in addition to his own keen intellect. Yeah, yeah.
2: There are a lot more moving parts going on in this conversation than I first
0: absolutely mm, I, I recognized on a first read through
1: so rabbi lowe just sitting there getting little bits of information he's he's a smart man mm-hmm. he's able to put a puzzle together and the little things i'm sure after a while it would all click be like okay look here <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot here. And especially with Philippe getting involved like he does. And then I'm sure they had heard of Matthew coming in and out of town or doing whatever mm-hmm. he needed to do. So he's got a complete history, almost. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. So he's He's woven all the threads together. And also what he says here.
1: He says, perhaps, but can your wife also carry them? You Mm -hmm. may not always be with her, Gabriel. Some who would share their knowledge with a witch would not do so with you. So be gone. (laughs) You're going to have to go so we can get your wife spun up to speed here. So yes, (laughs) Diana's like, so there is a maker spells in the Jewish town. I wondered when I heard about the golem. And then rabbi says he's he had been waiting for you to seek him out. Alas, he will only see a fellow witch. My friend fears Gabriel's congregation and with good reason. I think on first read, I was like, what the hell is that congregation doing? Jesus. Right. You know? I
2: know. But uh, we get to hear about it a little bit later here. I just, I was going to say, just as you said that, I wonder if the fact that the congregation kind of has been hands-off on the the witch hunts is a way of letting the humans clear out the weavers for them. Hmm. Just popped in my head. I mean, it could be. There's a lot of possibilities here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was yeah. just one that popped up.
1: In my Thought I don't think the congregation would be caught out exterminating fellow witches, but
2: but if the it, but if it. somebody
1: else you know happened to take that burden off their hands, okay,
2: you know it's yeah. just a
1: lot of uh, house of cards here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly what I'm thinking too. Yeah. It's like oh man,
0: sometimes sometimes Philippe can be very frank. Yeah,
2: and it's not a good thing. Yeah.
0: So this is just a tangent, but I have to articulate it still. So Abraham knows has a vision that she's coming, and he's, she's he's waiting. for for Diana to seek him out. And it, it just reminds me of Sophie visiting the bishop house and her father saying, give this chess piece to the one who needs it. And that is what's happening on this front, it seems like. Yeah. Where Abraham has this vision and soon he's going to say, give this to the one who needs it. Yes. yes. It's like everybody's expecting Diana. But they're both, well, we don't know for sure Sophie's dad was a weaver. We suspect he was, but the weavers are the ones who came together and passed on the important pieces. Oh yeah, definitely. So Diana says,
1: I would like to meet him, Rabbi Lowe. There were precious few weavers in the world, and I couldn't miss the opportunity to know this one. And
2: Matthew's getting ready to... Get all riled up. (laughs) Yeah, but but come on, give him a break. He probably has a good reason this time. For a change. Yeah. (laughs) Diana
1: says, this is important, Matthew. And she rested her hand on his arm. I mean, every time she's got a... From a Discovery of Witches, hand on the arm, calm down, Matthew. It's just from the bodily end to everywhere, she puts her hand on his arm and he just like shuts up. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of annoying in a way. (laughs) I've noticed that. I was like, oh, well, she has... To do. It's, it's like, kind of infantilizing to me. It's like, oh, stop, just
1: stop. But he needs it though. Sometimes, sometimes it acts yeah, like an she infant. Needs it,
2: though too, or some, sometimes somebody <laughs> needs to do that to her. It's like, just stop, Diana. Well, in that case,
1: then you just like restrain her from behind and you know, whisper in her <laughs> ear while she's burning down your
0: rug. So, <laughs> and yeah. I enjoyed that part. Remember, <laughs> that, that wasn't infantilizing at all. This is true, Gene. There, there are names I, for that. But we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about. Little yeah. I enjoyed that for entirely different reasons.
1: Well, <laughs> Sometimes she needs to be restrained oh, in ways, as we'll see later.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> this is true.
2: More foreshadowing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so rabbi is giving his uh words of wisdom here said one should find wholeness in marriage gabriel but it should not be a prison for either party said rabbi low and matthew said this isn't about our marriage or the fact that you're a witch matthew rose with his large frame filling the room it could be dangerous for a christian woman to be seen with a jewish man and when i opened my mouth to protest matthew shook his head not for you but for him you must do what rabbi low tells you to do I don't want him or anyone else in the Jewish town to come to harm. Not on our account. I mean, if someone else does, it, it is cool, but
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: I mean, not a you know, yeah. yeah.
2: We're not we're not stirring that pot today. No. And you're not going to be headstrong and and miss know it all and inadvertently do just that. Exactly. Okay. Because she can be a go off half cock too, and she's exhibited that before. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what are you doing, Diana? Anyway,
2: <laughs> she says I won't do anything to bring
1: attention to myself or Rabbi Low, and she promised. Matthew reluctantly says, "Okay, then go and see this Weaver. I'll be in the ungult waiting." Matthew brushed his lips against my cheek and was gone before he could have a second thought. And Rabbi Low blinked. She said, or he said, Gabriel is remarkably quick for one so large, the rabbi said, getting to his feet. He reminds me of the Emperor's Tiger. And they have this conversation about cats and Matthew, how they see him as, you know, one of them. And, okay, from the bear and the wolf with Gallaglass and the cats and the wolves with Matthew, I, I just, predators, man. I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're not, it's just a predator
2: because it's like, uh-huh.
1: wait, is he the Norwegian wolf or is Galglas? And it gets me confused and I just have to <laughs> block it all out and say, okay, just. Predatory animals
2: here. Yes. Lions.
0: Lions, with bears. Wolves. Wolves. Yeah. Can Panthers? we have an episode? The one with the menagerie?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Panthers, tigers, falcons um,
0: like uh Isabeau. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's I think that's where we've gotten so yeah. far.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we learn about Herr Maisel, who seems to be the one responsible for paving the streets all nice and
2: and he's a, uh, Herr Meisel is a, a real guy. Yeah. Yep. And he really did all these things. Yeah. Yeah. And the bathhouse for the women's a big Deal because they all have real weird attitudes towards menstruation. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about is that he another day.
0: A banker or just like a real estate developer?
2: I think he was kind of like a Renaissance real estate developer, more or
0: less. Okay. I'm wondering if he and Baldwin, because later on in the chapter they say is Baldwin home or can we use Baldwin's house? So I'm wondering if they well, have business two, transactions undoubtedly, yeah, especially with the baths. Yeah,
2: and the well, I was gonna say and
1: the
0: streets. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So here
1: he says uh, he helps the emperor with small financial matters like his holy war against the Turks. I mean, small financial matters. No big
2: deal. <laughs> well, uh, and there you go, Angela. Yes, there we go. There's probably Baldwin
0: again with the war against the Turks because aren't the Draculestes also kind of tied up? I think so. And what about the Battle of Lepanto? I think wasn't that against yeah. the Turks? Possibly? Yes, know. it was. That was the Turks in the, I want to say, the Bay of Naples, maybe? Yeah, and they. that's when the knights funded a cannon. They funded... Yes, one
2: of the first cannons or yeah. so, yeah. something.
0: How do you people know all this?
2: Oh, well, and then, there, and then the, the Right before that was Cyprus, and uh, God, there's a Church of Lazarus, I think, on Cyprus. Yes, there is. Re- there look actually my is. Notes yeah. For that, okay, you didn't answer
1: my question. How do you people know
0: all this? <laughs> because
2: <laughs> Angela and I made that wonderful timeline spreadsheet. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's all on the It's all on the spreadsheet that we haven't haven't had a chance to get back to. Oh. I know. Oh, we have to do that someday. <laughs> I know. There's <laughs> gaps. I think we can fill. It's
1: like we fill our little brains with different segments
2: of different things. I know. No. <laughs> I yeah. When it all comes together. Until this lovely melange it's it's good it's good though
1: all right so they get into a conversation about the golden ring embroidered in the cloak to warn christians of a jew in their presence and of course i'm reminded of the stars from world war ii you know yep. and i'm just well that's
2: kind of where they came from
1: yeah i know Yes, I mean we yes. just don't learn, do we?
2: No, no. Yellow seems to be a theme all through history. I mean, with the bright yellow hats before that. And no, the golden ring. Yeah,
0: come on, ew. Mm. It just made me sad, though. I mean, it warns unsuspecting yeah. Christians. I'm like, oh, why do we have to warn them? I know, unsuspecting, yeah. like you know. But it reminds me again of like, uh, um, cooties, or even Salem, 1692. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Dead. That's my disgruntled. I, no. I know. Oh. <laughs> bad oh. humanity throughout history. We're
1: terrible. We are terrible. I'm sorry. As a species, we're not good. But I'm sure if we talked to the lions, oh. tigers, and bears, they, they'd say the same about themselves, <laughs> too.
2: Oh, yeah. The polar, bear, the polar bears are wandering through the Siberian cities right now. I have nothing good to say about us. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, no, like these people. God damn
0: it. But as Deb <laughs> says, we're... Humanity, they're afraid of things they don't understand. They are afraid of things they don't accept. They're the, like things toddlers that are different. Are break
2: all their toys, yeah. bust all their own toys, and then go, we'll fix this.
1: I just think that's part of being. Reg- I hate that regardless, it's part of being. Yeah, regardless of humanity or any part of the, the animal kingdom, I think from species to species to species, it's all about tribalism and groups and survival. And yeah. it's just what it is. And, and I don't know. I could go deep into it, but I'm going to leave it alone right now and continue on with this chapter.
2: Yes. <laughs> 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 nice. And driving out of the sand ditch. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. We're just pushing us, ourselves out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Don't call the tow truck. This is sad. This is yeah.
1: just bad. We're just going to get yeah. ourselves out of it. Yeah. Okay. So Diana laments, that's what humans would do to me and Matthew if they knew we were living among them. Sometimes it's better to hide. Rabbi Lowe said, is that what Gabriel's congregation does? It keeps you hidden. Diana said, if so, they're doing a bad job of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frau Hoover thinks there's a werewolf prowling around the stagmo. Your neighbor's in. Believe that Edward Kelly can fly. Humans are hunted for witches in Germany and Scotland, and Elizabeth of England and Rudolph of Austria know all about us. I suppose we should be thankful that some kings and queens tolerate us. And here's a speech. Toleration is not always enough. The Jews are tolerated in Prague for the moment, but the situation can change in a heartbeat. Then we would find ourselves out in the countryside, starving in the snow. Rabbi Lowe turned into a narrow alley and entered a house identical to most other houses and most other alleys we passed through. Inside, two men sat at a table covered with mathematical instruments, books, candle, and paper.
0: Wait, before we move on, that whole quote there, the toleration quote, when people say the, the trilogy is about tolerance, mm-hmm. and that always reminds me that it's not that i don't see it as tolerance as a good thing anymore i mean no, no it's not no so i don't like to think of the trilogy as about tolerating i feel like tolerance is temporary yes tolerance is
2: a way to acceptance it's just it's but it can always turn it can always yeah. It's one little thing it's the fork in the road yeah it's the fork in the road exactly and you have it's a choice, tolerance and you is. have a
0: choice to make and and you don't settle for tolerance no we did talk about that in our empathy panel by the way yes we did, did we yeah wow was yes. Is it good. Yeah, it was good. It was excellent. It was excellent. Oh, maybe I should listen to that
1: again. Okay. <laughs> All right. So these two men are having a heated discussion. One of the men exclaimed in German, astronomy will provide a common ground with the Christians. And the other one exploded enough, David. Maybe common ground is not the promised land we hope for. And then here comes Rabbi Lowe. He says, Abraham, this lady wishes to speak with you. And then the other one's like, all the women in Prague are eager to meet with Abraham. Whose daughter wants a love spell this time? So I guess Abraham (laughs) is good with the love spells. (laughs) Apparently. It's not her father that should interest you, but her husband. This is Frau Royden, the English Man's wife, and then David said, "The one the emperor calls La Diosa." Like I said, this place, man, everybody's yeah. talking.
2: <laughs> yeah. And David's that guy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> then he goes, "Hey, your luck is turned, my friend. You're caught between a king, a goddess, and a sayer <laughs> And so, um, a uh according to this, is the devourer of the dead. Ooh. Damn.
2: Yeah. So everybody knows Matthew's a vampire. Right. <laughs> nice. So much for secrets.
1: I didn't think he liked dead people, though. But okay. <laughs> Alright. Abraham said something rude in Hebrew if Rabbi Lowe's disapproving expression was any indication and turned to face me at last. He and I looked at the other, which to which, but neither of us could bear it for long. I twisted away with a gasp and he winced and pressed his eyelids with his fingers. My skin was tingling all over, not just where his eyes had fallen. And the air between us was a mass of different bright hues. Ding, ding, ding! (laughs) Ding, ding, ding! That's our episode title, by the way. Bright hues, the one with the bright hues. So please don't ask Angela on Twitter what it means. (laughs) That's why we named it that. Okay. So Rabbi Lowe says, is she the one you were waiting for, Abraham Ben Elijah? She is, Abraham said and turned away from me and rested his fist on the table. My dreams did not tell me that she was the wife of analuka however. And then Diana's like, analuca And Rabbi Lowe's like, yeah, I'll Leech, sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, it's very little. I mean, okay.
1: Leeches suck blood, so yeah. so do vampires, oh, you know. Yeah. And for what it's worth, Abraham, Gabriel consented to the meeting. Abraham's not very happy about this. He's like, you think I trust the word of a monster who judges my people from his seat on the Cajal while turning a blind eye to those who murder them. And I wanted to protest, and this is Diana, I wanted to protest that this was not the same Gabriel, the same Matthew, but I stopped. Something inside me said I might get everyone in this room killed in another six months when the 16th century Matthew was back in his rightful Ooh. place. Like, yeah. Because the 16th century Matthew's like, what? Right. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, he has no idea, so it could be a mess. Oh, can
0: you imagine? You can trust him. He's good. He's on your side. And then all of a sudden 16th century Matthew comes back and Hey
1: man! <laughs> not... Hey man, what? Do them. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking kills them all right you know? yeah. oh man damn so diane explains i'm not here for my husband or the congregation i'm here for myself and abraham's like why because i too am a maker of spells and there aren't many of us left here's where abraham kind of like whoa he kind of put a light bulb in my head he's like there were more before the kahal the congregation set up their rules and it just spiraled me back to where is Elisabeth is explaining to Diana how the congregation formed and they set up their rules and Philippe was in charge. And it's like, wow. So Abraham says, God willing, we will live to see children born with these gifts. So Diana wants to know, speaking of children, where's your golem? I mean, she cuts right straight to it. <laughs> yeah. Can I see your clay, dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David guffawed and he's making fun of Abraham. He
2: goes, Mother Abraham, what would your family in kiln say? Ooh. Oh, and here's the thing about David Gans. A, he's a real person and re- really was an astronomer. And the reference to Kelm, Kelm is, for some reason, the birthplace of Jewish humor. There's there's this long-running joke about Kelm and them just being jokesters and... Really? It's really strange. I'll have to... I'll pull it up for the show notes. Okay, cool. Yeah, the, uh, yeah the three guys walked into a bar in Kelm almost kind of thing, or, or the fools of Kelm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Patron saint is Mel Brooks.
0: <laughs> That'd be cool. Who knows? They might have a nightly show, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't forget to tip your waiters Yeah, right. They're we're here all week. <laughs> All right. So Abraham says, they would say I had befriended an ass with nothing but a head but stars and idle fancies, David Gans. Abraham said, turning red. He's embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) David's
2: a button pusher. I know.
1: Yes, he is. Hilarious. So while they're having this little conversation, Diana's fire Drake wants to come out and play. It's like, oh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I want to join in.
1: And Diana tried to explain it away. She's just like, uh, she does this sometimes. It's nothing to worry about. Her tone went from apologetic to brisk as she reprimanded her unruly familiar. Come down from there. <laughs> Get down here. God. <laughs> Could you imagine, yeah. though, You're just walking around and this fire
2: drink just pops out. He is like, God damn it. It's like, and not, right. and not only that, it's like Cora decides to be big Cora today. I, She's got a 10 foot wingspan. fuck do you do with that? <laughs> I'm going to be big Cora. And these, these guys are all standing around twiddling
0: their thumbs. And she's like, what the fuck? I want to have fun. <laughs> I want a part of the big fun. Jeez. I know. Oh. She's like, look how dainty I am as a chunk falls free. I know.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm know. i so pretty. <laughs> blink, blink. <laughs> yeah. What I could I do? Those, <laughs> those big old dragon
0: eyelashes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Blink,
1: blink. Shrek. That's what I picture. The dragon is Shrek in her big <laughs> <laughs> eyelashes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, "Where am I getting that visual from?" <laughs> oh God! My fire Drake tightened her grip on the wall and shrieked at me. The old plaster was not up to the task of supporting her
2: creature. Apparently, it wasn't code. Nope.
1: <laughs> With a ten foot wingspan, a large chunk fell free, and she chattered in alarm. Her tail lashed out to the side and anchored itself into the adjacent wall for added security. The fire Drake hooted triumphally. Yes, I'm here.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> hello everybody <laughs> she's like i'm here yes <laughs> <it.">
2: <laughs>
1: love me i know just love me thank you <laughs> And then Diana him. if you don't stop that, I'm going to have Gallo Glass give you a really evil name. Well, he does later. <laughs> he does, yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, yes, he does. Yeah, it
1: wasn't evil. It was a good name. <laughs> it was an Excellent, <laughs> yes. Name. Does anyone see her leash? It looks like a gauzy chain. Now, if I'm sitting there in this house and this lady is like, it looks like a gauzy chain. I'd be like, what the fuck is she even talking about? Oh, my God. Hello. But, you know, Hey. She yeah. didn't think it was going to be any big deal. So she finds the gauzy chain and she's like, Hey, can one of you hold the slack for a minute while I rein her in? The men were gone. She's like, God damn it. Typical, I muttered. Three grown men and a woman, and guess who gets stuck with a dragon? And then heavy feet clumped across the wooden floor. I angled my body so I could see around the door. A small, reddish gray creature wearing dark clothes and a black cap on his bald head was staring at my fire drake. No, Yosef. Abraham stood between me and the creature, his hands raised. As if he was trying to reason with it. But the golem, for this must be the legendary creature fashioned from the mud of the Moldo. Maldo? What is it? Moldau. Moldau. Moldau River. Moldal. Okay. Yes. Moldau and animated with a spell kept moving his feet in the fire drapes direction. Yosef is fascinated by the witch's dragon, said David. I believe the golem shares his maker's fondness for pretty girls, Rabbi Lo said. My reading suggests that a witch's familiar often has some of his maker's characteristics. <laughs>
2: Or so I've heard. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think I read somewhere. Yeah.
1: I don't know where I got that he from. Knows, he knows, he a, knows lot, a lot. Yeah.
2: Yes. And then, and then it's like, yeah, he not only does he know a lot about familiars, but he seems to know a lot about everyone around him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it always and strikes I, me. Deb says, don't never underestimate Philippe. And I believe the same of Rabbi Lowe. It's not coincidence. It's not uh, yeah. by chance. Same with it, Goody Alsip. Yep. She knows a lot, too. These, wow. Imagine if these three in the room. Wouldn't you want to be a on the wall.
1: Yes.
2: Oh god, yes. And this this comment just gets me thinking about okay, if a witch is familiar has some of his maker's characteristics, now I'm wondering what characteristics Diana and Cora share. Affinity with fire besides, and water besides that, you mean? Besides the long eyelashes? Right. <laughs> Destructive when they want to be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. She doesn't mind. I mean, think think about Cor- Gal- glass and Cora and the broken bars at the beginning of uh, Book of Life. This kind of like trying to get Diana to do what she needs to do, right? Like, <laughs> it's off true. The chain
1: when you tell her what, she- yeah, she's gonna do what she wants anyway. You tell her
2: to do something and she does the opposite. Yeah,
1: yeah good luck with that, Gallaglass. <laughs> Wow. So the golem is Abraham's familiar. I was shocked. Yes, he didn't appear when I made my first spell. I was beginning to think I didn't have a familiar. And then Abraham waved his hands at Yosef, but the golem stared unblinking at the fire drake sprawled against the wall. As if she knew she had an admirer, the fire drake stretched her wings. So the webbing caught the light. Like, hey, baby, you like what you
2: see? (laughs) (laughs) You like that? I hope they can do this. I hope they can do this scene because it's like just... Fun. Yeah. It's
0: fun. Exactly. She has personality. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. I like that. She just spread her wings and she's like, hey. Hey, baby. I just see you over there, (laughs) darling.
1: Oh, man. So she held, Diana held up the chain. He didn't come with something like this. And (laughs) Abraham's like, that chain isn't helping you very much.
0: Life, I feel like back to Goody up when she's like, well, what do you know about being a weaver? Um, um, nothing. nothing. Sorry. Right. Sorry. But Diana's indignant here. She's
1: like, I have a lot to learn. Stop judging me. Baby steps. She's at least moved to
2: that. Give me a fucking break.
1: Then she goes on to explain. The fire drake appeared when I wove my first spell. How did you make Yosef? So Abraham Explains like, hey, this lady needed a spell, and then I made some knots, and I had some cords, and I made some clay, and I mixed it with blood, and then they're kind of exchanging ideas here, right? Yeah, you know. And then Diana's like, oh, it's like a poppet. They're having a nice back and forth. They're comparing and contrasting
2: their experiences. It's like, oh, yours has got colors. I see. <laughs> it's like,
0: oh, yeah. yeah and that's and the, and the interesting
2: thing was is he was he was concentrating on a spell for conception. Yeah, well, which is like he brought something. Well. To to life.
0: There well, you go. I was going to say, which reminded me of the Arbor Dianne. Yes. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yes. Some deep shit here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting dish. Yeah, it is. Here it is. It's like a poppet. Nine knots were connected by a straight line of rope. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's almost like he did an invisible tenth knot and that's what brought the golem to life. Yes. And just like
1: the tree in the Olympic, right? A mm-hmm. drop of yeah. blood. He put a drop of blood in the clay and it came to life. And the tree in the Olympic, drop of Diana's blood, the thing's just started going nuts yep so same
2: thing oh and then they added matthew's blood oh my god (laughs) (laughs) too much too much (laughs) there goes the head exploding i know
1: so abraham is explaining a spell with a secret name of god in his mouth so long as it remains there yosef walks and obeys my instructions most of the time anyway
2: (laughs) and that must be a familiar thing too yeah most of the time (laughs) most of the
1: time (laughs) and so Rabbi Lowe's explaining, Yosef is incapable of making his own decisions. Breathing life into clay and blood does not give a creature a soul, after all. So Abraham cannot let the golem out of his sight for fear that Yosef will make mischief. And I keep thinking about Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> you know, it's like it lives, and then it kind of gets out and scares the villagers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know? oh, and then it turns sad. Yeah, then it's all sad. But uh, I don't think the golem is. I think everybody sees him as a hero versus,
2: Mm -hmm, you know,
1: Frankenstein's monster. Well, I don't think the, I don't think the Christians think of him as a hero but the Jews do. The Jews do and they Mm -hmm. need, they need a hero, I feel. Mm -hmm. Abraham says, I forgot to take the spell out of his mouth one Friday when it came time for
2: prayers. (laughs) See, yeah, Mr. I've got all the answers. Right.
1: (laughs) So without someone to tell him what to do, Yosef wandered around Jewish town and frightened our Christian neighbors. Now the Jews think Yosef's purpose is to protect us. And then, Diana goes, a mother's work is never done. Speaking of which, and then her fire drake had fallen asleep and was gently snoring. Her cheek was pillowed against the plaster gently so as not to irritate her. She drew on the chains until she released her grip on the wall. She flapped her wings sleepily and became as transparent as smoke and slowly dissolved back into nothingness where she absorbed back in my body. So it's like, oh God, that would be so annoying, man. Just be walking down the street and it's like, hey, I'm here. What's up? <laughs> (laughs) got to wait for it to get sleepy (laughs) oh my god it's like a combination of the genie and donkey i know (laughs) or if you think about your kids you have to drive them around the block to get them to fall asleep (laughs) (laughs) yes oh man man so abraham's like i wish yosef could do that and uh diana says i wish i could keep her quiet by removing a piece of paper from under
0: her tongue and then the bad pennies here oh god yes i almost got like the creepy vibe just from knowing he was near (laughs) oh my god i know seconds
1: later, I felt the sense of ice on my back. Who is this? said a low voice. The new arrival was not large or physically intimidating, but he was a vampire, one with dark blue eyes set into a long pale face under dusky hair. There was something commanding about the look he gave me, and I took an instinctive step away from him. And then Abraham's like, it's nothing that concerns you, her fuchs. Fuchs. Isn't it fuchs? No, it's fuchs. Fuchs. I said fuchs, didn't I? her yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuchs. Yeah. It's nothing that concerns you, her Fuchs, Abraham said curtly. There's no need for bad manners, Abraham. Rabbi Lowe's attention turned to the vampire.
2: There is a need for bad manners here because you've got two weavers in the room and that fucker just showed up. Right. Like yeah. a bad penny. <laughs> Sorry, you're wrong on this one, Rabbi.
1: He didn't know. <laughs>
2: I
0: don't know. Well, but why Why don't they know? Don't you, you,
1: you would think he would know something. Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well just to, Okay, he's I get be, it. <laughs> he's trying
2: to be a fix. No, I think he's trying to fix things.
1: Yeah. Well, we see that didn't work later on anyway. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. All right. This is Frau Royden, her hair Fuchs. She has come from Malastrana to visit the Jewish town. The vampire fixed his eyes on me and his nostrils flare just as Matthews did when he was picking up a new scent. His eyelids drifted close. And I took another step away. And now here's some foreshadowing. Yeah. Just like Matthew. Just eyes, back of his head. Mm-hmm. Just I don't think all vampires did this. But since later on, we'll find out why he took on traits like Matthew. There we go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it too bad for you guys. I know we spoil on this show. I just don't want to be that spoilery. Spoilery? Yeah, spoilery. We'll go with that. <laughs> Why are you here, Herr Fuchs? I told you I would meet you back outside the synagogue, Abraham said, clearly rattled. You were late, Herr Fuchs' blue eyes snapped open, and he smiled at me. But now that I know why you were detained, I no longer mind. Hmm. Herr Fuchs is visiting from Poland, where he and Abraham knew each other, Rabbi Lowe said, finishing his introductions. Someone on the street called out a greeting, and here is Herr Maisel, Abraham said. He sounded as relieved as I felt. So everybody is purely unguided, Uncomfortable with this guy around. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what kind of business was Benjamin doing? Yes,
0: exactly. With Abraham. Where where they all felt they
2: had to deal with him, but they didn't
0: want to deal with him. Like they were trying to appease him or keep him contained. It still creeps me out. I mean, Abraham being a weaver, the things that Benjamin does to his counterpart weavers. I mean, it's, I don't know. And he has the gift of sight. He sees things. So yeah, you should know that this is like not a good thing. Yeah.
2: I don't think it's, it's a, I think it's more of a, an attempt to contain him rather than a, an attempt to collaborate with him. Yeah. Hmm. You know, keep your friends, friends close, right. enemies closer kind of thing. Right. I think it's an enemies closer moment. Okay. Here's the question. Why were they meeting? What, well, what,
1: what would Abraham have to do with Herr folks? Fox. Fuchs?
2: Fuchs? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, may, maybe, maybe Herr, Herr Fuchs. Uh, Fuchs. <laughs> no, I was going to say Fox. You're reminding me of a Rolodex right now, Fuchs. Fox. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Benjamin Fox insisted on meeting with him, and Abraham couldn't get out of it. And it's like, yeah, I told you I'd meet you in front of the synagogue. I mean, I mean Matthew has to carefully house. negotiate
0: a meeting with Rabbi Lowe, and I don't know. I don't yeah, know. And he's, he's bopping
2: around Jewish town like, no big deal. God
1: knows
0: what. Oh, right.
2: Yeah. Well, apparently, here, Fuchs
1: doesn't have to. To follow little rules. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, they don't well, apply. here's to the him. other
2: thing, too. I wonder if Kelm is in Poland. And they said, here, here, fuck, here, Fox. <laughs>
0: Fox, Oops. Oops. <laughs> Let's call him Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin's
2: visiting from Poland. So I'm wondering if he insisted on meeting Abraham saying, hey, I've got messages for, for you from home. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Maybe there's the a plausible explanation. Let's go with that for now. <laughs> I'll work with it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, someone on the street called out a
1: green, greeting. Here's Herr Mazel, Abraham said, and he sounded as relieved as I felt. Herr Mazel, provider of paved streets and fulfiller of imperial. Imperial defense budgets broadcasts his prosperity from his immaculately cut woolen suit, his fur-lined cape, and the bright yellow circle that proclaimed him a Jew. This last was affixed to the cape with a golden thread, which made it look like a nobleman's insignia rather than mark the difference. So he's owning it. He's like, yeah, baby, yeah, look at he's it. Like, look my bling. Yeah, he's
2: the man. <laughs> <laughs> Looks nice. Herr Meisel.
1: There you are, Herr Fuchs. Herr Meisel handed a pouch to the vampire. I have your jewel. Meisel bowed to Rabbi Lowe and me. Frau Royden. The vampire took the pouch and removed a heavy chain and a pendant. I couldn't see the design clearly. Though the red and green enamel were plain, hmm. the vampire bared his teeth. So I guess he's smiling here? <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, when I first read that, I was like, oh, right. shit, shit's about
0: to go down here. But no, right. he's yeah. smiling. It almost reminded me of a cat. You know when a cat, like, holds its mouth open and it bears yeah. its teeth? Yeah. But it's, not, it's not hissing or anything, really. It's just like, I don't know. You're you're a cat owner. I'm not. <laughs> I would never yeah. do that.
1: <laughs> He's grown up around so many animals that nothing even threatens him. I mean, he, he kisses, <laughs> he kisses mice. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll tell you about it on the after show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Herr Meisel snorted. No more than usual. And leave the city's politics alone, Herr Fuchs. It will be better for all of us if you do so. Are you ready to meet your husband, Frau Royden. Her mazel will see you safely to the Ungelt, Rabbi Lowe promised. He leveled a long look at Herr Fuchs. See Diana to the street, Abraham. You will stay with me, Herr Fuchs, and tell me about Poland. Thank you, Rabbi Lowe, I curtsied in farewell. It was a pleasure, Frau Royden, Rabbi Lowe paused. And if you have time, you might reflect on what I said earlier. None of us can hide forever. And then she's like, no. Given the hours the Jews of Prague would see over the next centuries, I wish he were wrong. With a final nod, to Herr Fuchs, I left the house with Herr Mazel and Abraham.
0: Just that statement of Rabbi Lowe saying, You're gonna stay here with me, Benjamin. You know, like almost yeah. he yeah, he knows something. He's keeping it, Diana yeah. safe. He's
1: playing interference here. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. And,
0: and he knows that Benjamin's up to no fucking
2: good. Right. Yeah. And then his then his words of wisdom. I almost think the connection that we learn about later on that he already knows. Yeah. Mm. All will come clearer, dear listener.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> A
1: moment here. Herr Meisel Abraham said when we were out of earshot of the house. Make it quick, Abraham, Herr Meisel said, withdrawing a few feet. I understand you're looking for something in Prague, Frau Royden, a book. And then Diana's like, how do you know that? Most of the witches in the city know, but I can see how you're connected to it. The book is closely guarded and force will not work to free it. Abraham's face was serious. The book must come to you or you will lose it forever. I feel like in a movie, his eyes would be rolling back in his head and he'd be kind of speaking in tongues, kind of. Yeah. The book mm-hmm. would come to you. But no, he's, he's being frank right here. Diana's like, it's a book, Abraham, unless it sprouts legs." We are going to have to get into Rudolph's palace and fetch it. I know what I see, Abraham said stubbornly. The book will come to you if only you ask for it. Don't forget.
0: That was very Agatha right there. Yeah, don't forget. Yeah. And, and her vision that she had. He's like, I know what I see. And like she was like, I know what I see. Yeah. And it's kind of full circle too. It's it's like foreshadowing. Uh, it's foreshadowing
2: for him and kind of goes back to the whole, you just need you need it. Yes. She asked for the book and it came right right and then still forget
1: harkin Stephen in the oubliette it's like love it. yeah or it says Uh, love is in the heart or something's in the heart, don't forget. Magic is in the heart. Magic is in the heart. Don't forget. Don't forget. Yes.
0: And here I just said I thought that Rabbi was doing interference to keep Diana safe, which I still think that, but I think also from the knowledge. They had to have their moment to share this knowledge.
2: Yeah. He was trying to get them alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Push them a place where they were alone. And with Haram standing just a few feet away, no one's in danger. Right. He had to to manufacture that moment for them to talk. Yes. So
1: after he says, don't forget, Diana promises that she wants won't. And then looked, pointed in their direction. I have to go. Thank you for meeting me and introducing me to Yosef. And then Abraham says, may God keep you safe, Diana Royden. And he was solemn and his face was grave. Like, oof. I'm like, what's coming for you?
0: I think that's yeah, part of his vision. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look how much has to go according to plan and everyone's just trusting. Like I said, it's almost like a a drill that they're practicing. And when the time comes, everyone's got to do their part. It's like you go, go, go. Yeah. 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 It's like a it's kind of a rela
2: It's like a relay race through time. Exactly. That is perfect. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Herr Maisel
1: escorted me in the short distance from the Jewish town to the old town. Its spacious square was thronged with people. The twin towers of Our Lady of Tin mm-hmm. rose to our left while the stolid outlines of Town Hall crouched to our right. If we didn't have to meet Herr Royden, we would stop and see the clock strike the hours, Herr Maisel said apologetically. You must ask him to take Take you past it on your way to the bridge. Every visitor in Prague should see it. So at the Ingelt, where the foreign merchants traded under the watchful eyes of the customs officer, the merchants looked at Maisel with open hostility.
2: Oh, dear. <laughs> 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 what did he do to them? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, no. He's probably he, more. So su- he's more successful than they are. And he's Jewish. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I love how he does the whole, hey, make sure, you know, you get your wife to go shopping. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, contribute to the economy. Spend your
1: money. <laughs> <laughs> He's a born salesman. Yep. right. Here's your wife, Herr Royden. I made sure she noticed all the best shops on her way to meet you. She will have no problem finding the finest craftsmen in Prague to see to her needs and those of your household, Mazel beamed at Matthew. Thank you, Herr Mazel. I'm grateful for your assistance and will sure to let His Majesty know of your kindness. It's my job, Herr Royden, to see the prosperity of His Majesty's people, and it was a pleasure pleasure, too, of course. I took delivery of hiring horses on your journey back. They're waiting for you near the town clock. Maisel touched the side of his nose and winked conspiratorially. Like, hey, see? I told you you get to see the clock. Look
2: at that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, kind, he's kind of like, yeah. Uncle Arthur. I
0: know. <laughs>
2: Everything comes back to bewitched,
0: right?
1: <laughs> so Matthew's murmuring here, he's like, You think of everything here, Misel. Someone has to hear Royden responded Misel.
2: I think we need Nathan Lane to play <laughs> here, Misel.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't that be just that that be fantastic?
1: fantastic.
2: <laughs> oh my
1: god. Okay, so we're back at home at the three ravens. Diana's taking her cloak off. Jack shows up. And a flying mop practically knocked her over. What
2: did you guys dun, think dun, of this dog? And- I love Libero so much because I've always wanted one. Actually, I've wanted a Puli, which are the black, the black, the version, black version of that. Of that yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, I love them so much, but there's so much work. I would I think, think so. Do you, does her hair mat
1: up like that naturally? No, you've got you you've have got to, to dread it. it up.
2: Yeah, because otherwise it turns into a big mat of mess. So like, okay, we had an old English sheepdog that was like that and you had to brush uh-huh. them daily. The because they've got an un- they've got an undercoat, yeah. And what you end up having to do is like hand twist, oh, right, to keep it neat as they're coming out, and, and you, you can't and brush keep, it. Yeah, you can't brush it because that'll just make it worse. You've got to just every day, yeah. But they are so cool when they're groomed right.
1: So what if you kept them clipped and you didn't want them to have dreadlocks?
2: Oh, the, that's what a lot of people. A lot of people who don't show them, that's what they do. Yeah, I would imagine and they kind of look. They kind of look poodley. Or like a Portuguese water dog. Yeah.
1: See, we had an old English sheepdog, and the hair would just grow and grow and grow, and the groomers always wanted to fluff
2: her hair up, and then it's like, no, just cut it. <laughs> you know. Our neighbor had an old English sheepdog, and they usually kept shadow cut close, especially in the summertime. And she was just so cute when he was. She was cute, and skinny, and black, black and gray, or white and gray with a little bit of black. Yeah. She looked so cute when her her coat was short.
1: We let we let her hair grow in the winter time, but. Mm-hmm. You know, come spring and summer, that stuff was getting cut. We didn't cut it like really oh, yeah. short, but we cut it like poodle length where it curled up yeah, a little ex- bit. Yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, Libero, um, another gift. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
2: And they can't get rid of it because the kids already love it. I know. It's like, it's too late. They've already seen it. It's like, are you going to take Jack's dog away? Come on. And they're already fighting over who the dog's going to sleep with. Oh, <laughs> I loved it. That was like so perfect. And it was like so typical.
1: So Matthew's like, what is this? Matthew bellowed, steadying me so I could locate the mop's handle. <laughs> <laughs> his, his name is Lobero, Galagas said. He will grow into a great beast and that he might as well have a saddle fitted for him and a leash. This is Jack talking. And he says she loves him too. And she said he will sleep with her, but I think we should share. What do you think, Jack said, dancing around with excitement. So yeah, oh, no, God, you can't take like this so dog old. away.
2: That, that is like so quintessential eight-year-old right oh. there. I love it. is <laughs>
1: like, yeah, the wee mop came with a note. He pushed himself away from the door for... Raymond strolled over to Matthew to deliver it. And then Matthew's like, need I ask who sent the creature? (laughs) And he's snatching the paper. So he knows. (laughs) He ain't happy. No. And Glass is like, oh, I don't think so. Did something happen while you were out, Auntie? You look done in. Diana's like, I'm just tired. And the mop had teeth as well as a tongue. And he bit down on my fingers as they passed by his as yet undiscovered mouth. Ouch. And then Matthew's like, "Okay, enough with this. This has to stop. He crushed the note of his fingers and he flung. it to the door and the, the mobs, I'm just picturing chaos right here. <laughs> it's like, it's just yeah. too much. Uh. So Diana asked the question, oh dear, what did the notes say? <laughs> and she was pretty sure who sent the dog. Ish bin lobero. ich will yuk az den der noc Schutzen? Matthew said flatly. His majesty delights in knowing I will have to translate his professions of love. Oh, what did the notes oh. say? I am lobero. I will protect you from the shadow of night. Oh man, that's rude. That's fucked up, yeah. man. Yeah, Dude, no. you're wrong for that. You're wrong, and it gets better. Yeah, and what does "low barrel" mean? It means wolf hunter in Spanish, Auntie. <laughs> This bit of fluff is a Hungarian guard dog. Libero will grow so big, he'll be able to take down a bear. They're fiercely protective and nocturnal. And then, you know, that kind of excites Jack. A bear! When we bring him back to London, London, I will tie a ribbon around his neck. And And we'll go down to the bear baiting. (laughs) So he can learn how to fight. (laughs) He's a bloodthirsty little kid. I know. I mean, how fun for an eight-year-old, though. It's like, yes! I know. (laughs) Libero is a brave name, don't you think, Master? shakespeare will want to use it in his next play
2: jack i just love how he's, he's like this this little kid is going a mile a minute in every
1: direction i know yes. it's so it's rattles off
0: all these ideas and i like that he's attached to shakespeare yeah
1: uh-huh. jack wriggled his finger in the puppy's direction and gallo obligingly deposited the squirming mess of white fur in the boy's arm annie i will feed Jack pelted up the stairs, holding the dog in a death grip and Gal Gus is kind of reading the room here, and he's like, "Shall I take them away for a few hours?" <laughs> Because Matthew is kind of looking a little pissed. And then uh, Matthew wants to know Is Baldwin's house empty? Gal Glass is like, There's no tenants in it, if that's what you mean. Take everybody. And then he lifted the cloak from her shoulders, even Lobaro. And he goes, Especially Lobaro. Oh,
2: well, yeah. <laughs> puppies tend to not realize that sometimes they need not be involved. Yeah, no.
1: no. <laughs> he doesn't need to see that. <laughs> His puppy eyes don't need to see what's happening here. Yeah. Jack chattered like a magpie throughout the supper, picking fights with Annie and managing to send a fair bit of food libero's way through a variety of occult methods. Between the children and the dog, it was almost possible to ignore the fact that Matthew was reconsidering his plans for the evening. On one hand, he was a pack animal and something in him enjoyed having so many lives to take care of. On the other hand, he was a predator and I had an uneasy feeling that I was tonight's prey. The predator won. Not even Teresa and Carolina were Allowed to stay. Okay. So Diana's being stupid here. Why did you? God, (laughs) she's
2: being so stupid. Why did you send them all away? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. God, she's dumb sometimes. Uh, Well, maybe. uh, I
1: think I'd want to hear him articulate it. So
2: (laughs) I think I. No, but she's. I think she's being dumb here too. Why'd you send everybody away?
1: We were having such a great time with the dog that Rudolph sent me. Hmm.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The comforting smells of dinner still filled the air. I'm thinking that we're not so comforting for Matthew. No. So
1: he wants to know what happened this afternoon. And then Diana's like, answer my question first. And then Matthew's like, don't push me. Not tonight. Oh, Gene, this is your department.
2: Girl. Girl <laughs> I was all over this. And then, then she's got to push back. You think my day's been easy? Oh shit, geez. It's Like a tennis just match. Like, watching these two, <laughs> she's looking for trouble right now. Yeah. It's like, oh, honey, oh, mm-mm. this this thing is just crackling. Yep, blue and black threads. Yep, it's it's like
1: the the storm's coming. Matthew says you're keeping something from me, Diana. What happened with the witch? Diana's just kind of blink, blink. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I'm waiting.
1: You can wait until hell freezes over, Matthew. Because I'm not your servant. I asked you a question.
2: She is picking the wrong fight here. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's like it's like. Do you know your husband, Diana? Come on.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She. Well, they're newlyweds, so yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So the threads went purple, beginning to twist and distort. And then Matthew says, "I sent them away so they wouldn't witness this conversation." Now, what happened? The smell of clothes was choking. Intense emotion when his smell gets all... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Diana says, I met the golem. And his maker, a Jewish weaver named Abraham, he has the power of animation, too. And then Matthew's like, I told you I don't like it when you play with life and death. And I feel like he's just being difficult
0: here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and wants to he can't control. He's desperately trying to control himself. And since he can't fully control that, he's trying to control her. He
2: can't control himself. Um, I also think he's he's like pushing her. It's like, you tell me the truth. Don't, you know, he he." Doesn't trust her enough to realize that she she's just dumb. She's not being purposely. She's not she's being not vigilant right here. You, well, yeah. but she's also not purposefully concealing something from him. No, because she's right. like it, it, she's just so clueless in this moment that she doesn't even think that this other stranger just popping up is a big deal for
1: her. Matthew's lines are still arbitrary. She doesn't know where they are. Yeah. So, plus, well,
2: right. because he's not, he's keeping so many secrets. Yeah, and that's his fault too. Yeah, they need I counseling. Mean, but- <laughs>
1: <laughs> we should sit down with him and have a talk.
2: But, well, and, and, and uh, of course, I'm going to come out on his side. It's like he's, he keeps warning her and warning her. I, I Secrets, no lies. Yeah. Yeah, this is and, true. And I think at this moment and this point in the conversation, it's like he, he thinks she, he's worrying about her falling on the lie. You know, she's teetering on the tightrope and she's going to fall over into the lies. Yeah, it's a minefield with him. Territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and instead of her just pushing back with, well, you need to answer, she should just answer his question. You know, answer his question. I mean, it'd be straightforward because that's going to be yeah, the easiest route. Because this game is just stupid.
0: She has to it learn the right. hard way, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's a power struggle with. A, you know there's bigger issues but it's just simple questions they're fighting over
2: yeah yeah i mean they're fighting over stupid shit as far as yeah i can see and there's always something bigger
1: underlying when you start fighting over petty shit.
2: Especially when he's this upset, it's like she keeps picking these fights over what she perceives to be trivial things because she feels like he's being overly controlling. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you're, you've are you gotten all the way to the end of the story, it's like, oh shit, this is a big deal. It's it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. It is a big it's deal. It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And, and this always happens, Diana, when you decide you, when you, decide you think he's p- pushing you over petty shit, it's usually not petty.
1: No, there's a reason. There's a reason. Yeah. But two, Matthew also knows she has to find out who she is
0: yeah yeah and yeah.
1: and they're both in the wrong they're both sucking here the way i see it they're both fucking up so well, and
0: he's wrong in that he doesn't want her to fully know him and rabbi yeah, Lowe said oh, that yeah. say, said that just a couple pages ago you know can your wife carry your burdens too I mean he does, he's trying to save her from that but it's, it can't you happen know, it, yeah and we're,
2: we're still with the whole self-loathing thing and we still haven't yeah. gotten yeah he still hasn't fully committed
0: yeah this he's is try, true he's trying as hard as he
2: can but he's also trying to give her an out yeah which is I mean um, at this, at this point, point though give it
0: up, Matthew you should just
2: I know it's like <laughs> that, that ship has sailed yeah, right. you're in 1590 you're, for God's sake I I mean, how far like, are you gonna go <laughs> your dog paddle after that galleon, and you're never going to catch up.
1: Yes. Dude, you married her three times. I think you're in it. I think you're in it for the long <laughs> haul. I swear. Right. <laughs> she's already oh. proven she's not going to walk away. Work with her a little, and Diana, come on, open your eyes. Both of you, knock your. I'm going to knock your heads pull, together.
2: It's <laughs> like, pull your head out of the damn sand. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So,
1: Matthew wants to know, and this Abraham, who is he? Matthew knows full well who Abraham is, but Whatever. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Here we go. Now she decides it's just, oh, well, you're jealous because I'm talking to another boy. Duh. No. God, not even.
1: God, Matthew,
2: you cannot be jealous because I met another weaver. How can he be jealous? He's the one who gave her told her to go meet with him and say, hey, be careful. Don't get him into trouble. Yeah. Come on, Diana. Think about the conversation you had 45 minutes ago or however long ago it was.
1: So Matthew's trying to clarify that. He's like, jealous. I am long past that warm-blooded emotion. And then he took a mouthful of wine. It's getting tense, yo. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) why was this afternoon so different from every other day we spent apart while you're out working for the congregation and your father it's different because I can smell every single person you've been in contact with today it's bad enough that you always carry the scent of Annie and Jack Galaglas and Pierre try not to touch you but they can't help it they're around you too much and then we add the sense of the Maharal Meisel, and at least two other men two men he doesn't know there's some shit he doesn't know a no
2: here and he's not feeling good
1: yeah. about it
0: right well
2: and at least two other men I don't know well I'll just keep my tongue
0: okay <laughs> I don't know if that was grammar <laughs> uh, I was deciding whether I wanted uh, to
2: spill the beans but I'm not I'm gonna wait until we get through this okay. To, okay. to the appropriate moment okay <laughs>
1: I cannot keep you in a cage, so I endure it the best I can. And then Matthew put down his cup and shot to his feet in an attempt to put some distance between us. And then Dinah's like, that sounds like jealousy to me. <laughs> Matthew's like, it's not. I can manage jealousy. He said, furious what I'm feeling now, this terrible gnawing sense of loss and rage, because I cannot get a clear impression of you in the chaos. That's our life. It's beyond my control. His pupils were large and getting larger. So we've seen the signs of this before. Could it be the hay barn, yeah. Diana? I think you're pushing it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. And Diana's
2: like, oh, that's because you're a vampire. You're possessive. It's who you are. <laughs> I know. She really kind of trivializes it. It's like, he just told you it's not just that. It's, yeah. It's there's more. too much going on. And then
1: she approaches him to, in spite of his anger. And I'm a witch. You promised to accept me as I am, light and dark, a woman and witch, my own person, as well as your wife. And then she's thinking to herself, what if he changed his mind? What if he wasn't willing to have this kind of unpredictability in his life? Matthew's like, I do accept you and he reached out with a gentle finger and touched her cheek. No, Matthew, you tolerate me because you think that one day I'll beat my magic into submission. Rabbi Lowe warned me that tolerance can be withdrawn and then you're out in the cold. My magic isn't something to manage. It's me and I'm not going to hide myself from you. It's not what love is.
2: That's not fair of her. Okay. Do you know why that's not fair of her? He wholeheartedly believes he accepts her and he accepts her to the best of the ability he can because why would he be so to her ever becoming a vampire that has been he's like no that will change who she is yeah you are not ever to become a vampire because you won't be you he accepted her pretty much out of the box his problem is is he can't accept his inability to control everything around, around her. her yeah which is a different animal entirely and for her to say that he's just tolerating her is totally unfair. I don't think she sees that. Well, she's a, she's a dummy then.
1: That wide-wise view you just gave cuz you know when you're in the heat in the middle of an
2: argument she's, you're not she looking is big picture so self-absorbed though too. Yeah. In
1: a lot of ways. He is too here too to be fair. And I hate to be taken up for Diana cuz normally I'm on Matthew's side on these little arguments cuz Diana well, no cuz Matthew can be dumb. They're both dumb. <laughs>
2: They're both <laughs> off, I, I think it's really unfair of her to throw the tolerance yeah,
1: card at him. Yeah, that's
2: true. In this, and that really pisses me off because it's like, no, I don't think that's a fair read at all because he... Fights are not fair. And it was a available weapon
1: right, laying I right know. there that she could grab. <laughs> you know how fights get with mm-hmm. your spouse. Oh God, yeah. Remember oh, those yeah. early years when you're just looking at them like Ah throw this at you yes. and then God don't look at me. Just don't look at me
0: <laughs> There was that one you're time looking
1: at me There was that one time and you always do this. Yeah. Right. And
0: that's what,
2: it's like you've got your back to them and you're like, You're looking at me,
0: stop <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> My biggest thing when I used to argue when I was a young married person, I'd say, You'd mm. always do that. Always or never. Always or never and it's like, wait a minute, I don't always do that. I did it like twice, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I used to do that. It used to set Robert in a rage. But uh, if I ever wanted to piss him off, and I do it on purpose sometimes. Always too. and
2: never are the magic words. Yep. And- it's like, yeah,
1: yeah. Newlyweds, by the way, don't do that. Okay, <laughs> not a good <laughs> idea. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Anyway, so Matthew goes, all right, no more hiding. And then Diana's like, good, and she sighed with relief. But it was short lived. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, had-
2: here we go. Here we go. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Let's get ready to (laughs) rumble.
2: Oh, my God. Or something. Or something. All right. Hello. (laughs) The other one with the D. Okay.
1: (laughs) All right. So Matthew had me up out of the chair and up against the wall in one clean move. His thigh pressed between mine. He pulled a curl free so when it trailed down my neck and onto my breast. Without releasing me, he bent his head and pressed his lips to the edge of mine. doing that to the edge of her bodice Mm -hmm. Uh and we keep seeing this I mean this reread of both these books we're noticing every time he's like at the edge Uh of her bodice right there she shivered it had been some time since he kissed me there and our sex life had been practically non-existent since the miscarriage Matthew's
2: lips brushed against my jaw and over the veins of my neck he's circling man he just won't Mm -hmm. do it yet right damn it yeah and she's just like put up or shut up don't start something you're not gonna finish
1: (laughs) I mean she grabs his hair I mean it's passionate here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like the frustration fuck. All right, so I'm not right. This, unless it's like the grudge fuck. That's the only thing that's better than a frustration fuck. <laughs>
1: so, uh, yeah, with uh, a few blindingly fast vampire moves, Matthew basically has her against the wall, and they're having a grudge fuck against the wall right here. And I, mm-hmm. I found this scene to be hot. We discussed this before we turned on our recorders. Gene, oh, yeah. tell me what you just what you told everybody want to, what'd you say?
2: What did what did I say now? I don't know. It, I mean, this was just like, it had me rolling, whatever it is you said.
1: <laughs> I can't remember it now. It said, uh, man. Yeah, this was uh, something. This is probably the least careful, the most passion. I've seen me yes. be between these
2: two. I know, they're always so controlled and this was like, finally like, the deep dick.
1: Yes, deep, right deep dick. Right up against the wall. There you go. No. <laughs> deep dick. And the deep D, the one with the deep D. The we double did, D. D. Double D. D. <laughs>
2: All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like he's leaving marks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and she's yelling, "Oh God." <laughs> And Matthew's like tonight. God's not, God's not with you tonight. Right. Oh, hello. <laughs> tonight, I won't even share you with him. And then, it, it was pretty passionate yeah. here. Okay, uh, towards the end of this, he's like, "Who has your
2: heart?" Oh, say it, say it, <laughs> say it. <laughs> oh, I love this. I just love this stuff. Who has your heart, Diana? And then
1: he's like, "Say it." it. He's all growling. Could you imagine Matthew Good growling and oh, say
2: it?
0: Oh man.
1: Hey,
2: God.
0: We in.
2: There <laughs> be some you, know what, fucking with
0: good. you know what though? I would not. This would be like the alternate scene because she'd be like, "You know how I feel," <laughs> because <laughs> that's what he said in that episode in yeah. season one. Yeah. like say it. You know how I feel. <laughs> no, I got
2: you need to say it. <laughs> it. And we're all yelling at the screen. Say it. This, say it. This would be karma.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Payback. Yep. This was hot. This is like one of the hottest scenes that I wrote in the trilogy. Yeah. So she finally concedes and says,
1: You have my heart. And then he says, Only me. Moving once more so that coiled tension in both of us had finally found release. We all know what that means. Come on, let's go. Next yeah. page. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we went from the D to the I. and she had her and she had her legs wrapped around his waist, which is no mean feat with all those skirts and petticoats. I'm telling you. I'm telling
0: you. He's a vampire. If anyone can do it, man holds can her up for her. sure. Yeah. And he's got the wall, so there's that too. But Diana yeah.
1: realized, you know, he's not satisfied with this. That took some of the tension off, took some of the edge off, but he's still. Bothered, okay. And then she's getting frustrated because she's like, Okay, how was that for you? You like that? What's what's up? And he's he's still like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and so she's just pissed. She's like, her frustration burbled over, taking a shape into a concussive wave.
2: I mean, the whole thing of it is he hates losing control. And that's what he did in that moment. And it's like he thinks it means there's something wrong with him. Yeah.
1: I was like, dude, no. I feel like he's looking up like a boy a little boy that did something wrong. Like, mm. yeah. She yeah. turns around and says, Don't you dare apologize. If you touched me in a way I didn't like,
0: I would have said no. But it also reminded me of who said it? Philippe or Marcus? Oh, no, is Philippe. You always get that look on your face when you've done something wrong after a kill. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Loss of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like, dude, can't think of everything in terms, you know, just because you, you lost control.
1: Just accept it and move on. Yeah. And that's who yeah. Philippe was. He was like, eh, I'll do better next time. Do yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And then I'm thinking of of Marcus saying in A Discovery of Witches that he will go away for periods of time. I mean, he's not going to do that here, but he does leave rather abruptly.
1: Yeah. So Matthew's still feeling bad for himself. And she says, I cannot help thinking about your friend Giordano Bruno. Desire urges me on and as fear bridles me. I'm not afraid of your power or your strength or anything else about you. What are you afraid of, Matthew? And then regretful lips brushed her over mine. That and a whisper of a breeze against my skirt told me that he fled rather than answer.
2: Oh. Well, that kind of lecturing from her is kind of ironic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like...
1: <laughs> I just want to knock both of their heads together because, come on, guys.
0: Frustrating. I do like the way the chapter ended, but that question uh-huh. wasn't appropriate for right now. I mean, let's not get into the fifth question.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah let's let's not, not,
2: let's not
0: get into Diana, you know, lecturing
2: him about how he doesn't need to fear things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, really? Are we going to go there now? I, know. <laughs> I, I think that was the vampire version of, I need to have a cigarette. Woo. And gather my thoughts. I'll
1: be outside. All right. Just, just yeah. leave me alone. Don't touch me. Okay. <laughs>
2: It was damn hot
1: though. It was. Oh God. It was good. It was good. Okay. So anything else for this chapter before we move on? No, I think we've. No. We picked a draft. We We done picked it. Yep. Yep. We done picked it big time. All right. So going once, going twice. So. So Okay. So now we're on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. Okay, so this housekeeping, we're going to call housekeeping with Lauren. (laughs) And a review because, uh, Lauren, man, you sent a lot of voicemails. And for some reason, the past two episodes, I have not remembered to pick them Uh, up. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to play them all right now. Here's the first one.
3: Hey, Demons. It's Lauren. I just wanted to leave you a message to let you in on my little secret. I enjoy speaking to you when I take the dog out either late at night or early in the morning. So So right now you can hear the insect variety and maybe some dogs that like to join me when I'm outside. So no closet for me. I just am enjoying all of the sounds that nature has to offer. And I really wish I had birds that would make my bed and clean my house because my life would be so much easier. Bye now.
2: I love her. Yeah. And I love the cicadas. Cicadas? Are they cicadas? Uh, uh, By us, they're cicadas that make that noise. Uh, I didn't know if it was crickets or cicadas because they kind of sound the same to me. Yeah. Well, the cicadas can be super loud here in Texas, but they're also like humongous. Yeah. All right. So I think this is the second one here.
3: Hi, Demons. It's Lauren. I'm super excited about Diana making some female friends in Chapter 28. I love in Prague how she goes out shopping with Frau Huber and Signorina Rossi, and she's trying to make these connections and finding her way of being a housewife, if you would want to call her that, in I think it is really interesting that she's finally flipped the switch and stopped being her introverted Oxford self with no friends, and that she's going out and making friends on her own, and they are female. Uh, I love that this is the way that Matthew and Diana get entrance into the Kelly household, and Diana even pities Joanna Kelly for not having any female friends and thinks it must be really hard to be an English woman stuck in Prague without anybody to turn to. This is such an evolution for Diana as a person, as an adult, as a human being. Uh, I think it's just really fascinating that we've done a complete 180 from her former life. Um, And I love that shakeup in her. I think it makes her a more interesting person. I hope you have a great time discussing the chapter today. Bye now. Wrong chapter,
1: Lauren. I'm sorry. Sorry, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) We got to it
2: eventually. And I love it because it was like Diana finally had empathy. True. So here's
1: the
3: last one here. Told you, Lauren. We're going to catch up with you. Hey, demons. Listen to this cool bird. (laughs) Just wanted to say hi. Hi. Bye. Bye.
0: Oh, what an awesome bird. See, it is the land of the lovely voices.
2: I love it. I love awesome. that. That is awesome. Oh, God. We need, we need to find her those birds to do her housekeeping her. <laughs> she's earned them. <laughs> so, yes, this is why <laughs> we named it uh, Housekeeping with Lauren and a review. And
1: so Angela's got our review. Yay. I do. Five-star review. Oh,
0: great. Right. We'd love to hear that. That means Angela's extra alive. <laughs> <Whoa. Yes. laughs> Life. Yeah, it's true. Alive. That's true. The most fun you can have with a podcast by Shannon underscore rdz. Oh, wow. Wow. I've been a salivating fan of the All Souls world since before the first book came out. I never sought out fandoms on social media and did not realize there what all was out there, the good and the bad. Imagine my delight when I came upon a podcast a little over a year ago. Here were a group of women who researched and obsessed, chasing Easter eggs at every turn, just like I've been doing for years. Wow. I felt, I felt, wow. I felt like I finally found my tribe. And not only is there the feeling of kinship in this shared obsession, but I'm sharing with educated women who swear almost as much as I do oh <laughs> nothing yeah, but respect do. nothing but respect and love demons and angela is alive for another week
2: yes she is <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> fucking hey <A>, she's alive <laughs> fuck
1: yeah oh come on educated women need to curse more for sure <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. No, I I just don't think it's just your lot in life that makes you curse. It's just life. Yeah. (laughs) It's just life. Anyway. For emphasis. Exactly. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention housekeeping with Lauren and a review was brought to us by Chris Boyer. Thank Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. All right. So on to save it for the show. And this is brought to us by Wendy Taylor. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. And the topic is Sex in the Trilogy and Beyond. Mm. And beyond. Dun, dun,
2: dun. Go, jane Yeah, well, this seemed like a good chapter to review to bring this up on. And plus, it's also been coming up a lot lately in the fandom around uh, the interwebs. Yeah, around the interwebs. Yep. I know I ran a chapter where Marcus and Veronique, we're doing it on every surface, horizontal or not. I'm doing it and doing it and doing it. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> And I mean, the conversations has come up about whether whether people find sex scenes intrusive and it depends on who you are. Yeah. And I mean, Deb's evolution and how she approaches them, because time's convert is a lot more earthy than what we have even here with our, you know, frustration fuck. Mm hmm. And and I always I always laugh because it seems like inevitably in these conversations everybody's like well I don't mind sex scenes as long as they're well written what what do you mean if the comma's not in the I mean to me it's like a sex scene works if it turns you on yeah, yeah. it's not the gra- it's not the grammar I mean it, it it can have some really atrocious grammar but if it turns you on then you, you've accomplished your goal I think for some people I don't know when I, I think they're afraid to be turned on by words which is
1: sad well and then some. some. Some people they can't get past the grammar. Do you know? um, Like I'm terrible with grammar. I know. I am terrible with grammar. Then some people are just they pay attention to the grammar so much it just fucks them up. (laughs) They can't pay attention to the words.
2: Honestly, I think quote unquote well written sex scene is code for well I really don't want to or really haven't read a lot of them. And this makes me uncomfortable. Maybe. uh, Yeah. And this all makes me uncomfortable. But I'm okay with well-written ones like what does that mean what does that mean what do you consider well-written tell name one that's well-written never get an answer
1: (laughs) never get an answer do you know what this reminds me of a little bit you know i like 90s gangster rap right yeah all right so listen i love the beat i'm all about the beat robert is a lyric guy he will bring uh-huh. out the lyric and some of these lyrics when you bring them out to light, yeah, <laughs> it ruins it. I'm like, why yeah. did you have to do that? That was the
0: best beat oh, ever. Yeah. I know, I know. Just like know, a, know. a Florence Welch song Dog yeah. Days Are Over. Like, oh my god, it's such an awesome song. It's like an arena anthem and also like, you know that's about her parents being drug addicts, right? Like, like, what? <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Why'd you have to ruin it? <laughs> right.
2: I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather sing the, the, the wrong, sometimes you're better off being a child of the 80s and singing the wrong lyrics yeah
1: yeah, and so I guess that's how I'm acquainting it to that it's like do you know how Deb wrote this sex scene in this book it's like it was very flowery it was very kind of skipped over the details Mm -hmm. and and that's me with the beat I don't want to hear the dirty lyrics but when it comes to sex scene
2: uh, give me the dirty lyrics you know all day every day yeah yeah Um, yeah And see, the only time a sex scene is going to bother me is if it it doesn't add to the journey that the characters are on or it doesn't contribute to the understanding of their character. Mm. Because the best, best written, I mean, they can be filthy, but there's got to be some sort of emotional weight to it. A grab. Or a reason for it.
1: Yeah. I see what you're saying.
0: I was going to say, when someone says, I I don't mind if they're well written, I feel like they're secretly saying, I like porn and I don't want to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like like it has to be classy and well-written. Otherwise, if it's just sex on a page, then it's porn and that I don't want to cross. Uh, Yeah, that's how I'm seeing that too.
1: It's like, (laughs) oh no, I, I like, well, like the, oh God, my mom. Used to read a lot of Harlequin romances. <laughs> but,
2: there's nothing wrong. Nothing with that. wrong with that. No, but it,
1: and like in the 70s and 80s, I mean that was what was out oh, there. They were
2: super. Yeah, they were super clean and kind of like, okay, there's no real sex in them. But yeah, I mean, it, you got the emotional high. And sometimes off of you that.
1: would find them with the sex, but. It, You'd read it and you were like, wait a minute, did they just do it? What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, her, her. I always loved it, it went with the, in the 80s when you had the Kathleen Woldewise and, and and you started to get the Jude Devereaux and all those. Now it's like, oh, my God, there are like nightmares, nightmares when it comes to consent and yeah. just everything else. But back then it was like, man, this is hot. right. Right. Now it's like kind of, a lot of it's really problematic, but. Well, like Matthew's
1: seen in his rooms with Di- restraining Diana,
2: that's a little problematic if you look at it <laughs> from those lenses,
1: but it was yeah. pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, it
2: really depends on the person. It's, a, it's a really, it's kind of a weird, I don't know. I think it's, we, we've got a weird cross section at least in this particular fandom. Yeah. Well, especially since
1: the age range has grown.
2: Yeah, it has. But it seems like we it skews older than some of the fandoms. And it's really funny because, you know, for as, as intellectual and for as supposedly well-read, mm-hmm. when it comes to that that segment, mm-hmm. it feels kind of closed-minded. It's true. Whereas it's what's really funny is in the romance realm that I run around in, there's a lot... What's funny is there's a lot of, like, I don't know if I want to say closet, but I keep running into uh it's Discovery of Witches fans who just don't talk about it. But <laughs> I don't know if the, the more open eyed people over on that side are just, you know, it's like, hey, it's another good book. I got a good book for you. PM me. Shh. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like
1: clandestine, like that. You know? I
2: know, I know, I know. And, I, and, and as always, you know, you, you always get the flare ups about if Fifty Shades of Grey invariably comes up. And it's like, oh, well, I don't mind sex scenes, but only if they're well written. It's like, what? Are you afraid to admit that, yeah, you read Fifty Shades of Grey? And uh, despite all the problems with it, it's still made you a little bit tingly? Is that why I we're have having a the problem here?
1: I about that because if you just took that book, I mean, because that was her first... Publication, you yeah. know, and it, oh yeah, and it's, it's rough around the edges, and there's some wording that yeah. I wouldn't have used, and whatever. Well, the, but the scenes, endings. what? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, and, and what was funny is um, Christine had done a podcast interview the other day with actually sex therapists, and they were talking Let's about Let's plug our girl Christine. Yeah, it's oh yeah, yeah. And the podcast was great. It was called the Love Lab. Okay, and they made an excellent, excellent point. One that. That, you know, there's nothing wrong with reading a story and it turning you on. I mean, if you, if it doesn't turn you on, it's pretty much, you know, failed. Right. Which is perfect, perfectly segues into the fact that your biggest sex organ is your brain. So true. So true. So. Because if
1: your brain ain't into it, okay.
2: Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> then there's nothing's happening. <laughs> it's not happening. No. right And the point about Fifty Shades of Grey is it's like whether you like it or not and whether you, you appreciate the fact that she was so successful or not mm-hmm. the success of those books gave a whole generation of other writers the freedom to say hey I can put this on the page yeah not only is there a market for it it's like there are people out there who won't look at me like I'm a freak for sharing this that's important whatever the case may be and I mean in the whole thing about romance why it's so put down I think mm-hmm. is because the the powers that be the status quo don't like women seeking out things that they Enjoy and things that give them pleasure and owning their pleasure. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's like romance is written for other women. It's written to turn women on, which mm-hmm. in yeah. this day and age doesn't seem to be permissible as we get closer and closer to Gilead. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what I love is Deb is getting earthier and Deb is like, yes. She's gone past the whole, I'm worried about my mom reading this. It's like, I don't know. I think your
0: mom and the rest of the ladies at the senior center are really getting into this. <laughs> I think more than. So then what her mom fly. even, or her colleagues, now she doesn't, she's out in the open for sure. And she doesn't care what her colleagues, yeah. she's very successful. Oh, yeah.
2: And, and I love that about it. And I, I had loved, I love the idea of her and, and Erica sitting over a bottle of, to Rosé <laughs> Mm-hmm. Figuring out how to write sex scenes together. Cause you remember that story, Val, at Seattle? Yeah. When we were at that last, when they were talking about trying to figure out where the heart vein was? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's who she had that conversation <laughs> with.
0: Yeah. <I'm>, I
1: mean. <sighs> I think reservations about sex scenes, like, okay, like I said about the grammar, some people can't get past that. I mean, there's a whole podcast called Grammar Girl and I
2: know, but, uh, but a misplaced comma isn't going to kill the move for me. For you. I
1: mean. Yeah. <laughs> but some people can't get past that or, or there are some people that don't feel comfortable with it or comfortable discussing
2: it or yeah, maybe I think that's more, more
1: maybe there's a stigma, especially in the circles we run into in the fandom, that these books are so smart, they don't want to come out and say that maybe I read a trashy book because maybe I'd be looked at differently. If Smart girls are sexy. Smart girls read what the fuck they want. They don't give a shit.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, one of the smartest people I know writes filthy, filthy stuff. Hey, you know, Sierra Simone, you you sit down and talk to her and it's like, oh, my God, you're making my brain explode. The things you're you're talking about as far as consent and sexuality and how you put together a book. And it's just like your eyes are like saucers because this girl is so brilliant. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the stuff she writes is like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Okay. And, and here's the
1: thing. It's like some people, I'm not going to point fingers at anybody, but some people were like, Oh, here's a book about Oxford and you're exploring this world that maybe you've never seen before, never even imagined before. But through this book, uh-huh. you're brought into this world of academia. And for me to be dragged into the world of academia, kind of made me resentful. Like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, but other people, yeah. this is like opening their eyes and this is what it's like to be in academia academia and I'm I'm researching now, I'm so smart now. And maybe these are things that People feel empowered. It's like I didn't know I cared about these things in here,
2: and I think that's awesome and amazing. And, and I think maybe the
1: sex scene—they're thinking like the the chasteness in the first book. Kind of, this is what it's like to be smart. We don't really get right. explicit. We yeah. Well,
0: I'll put it this way: the the uh, discovery of witches was Victorian, and Strato Knight is squarely Elizabethan. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there will be no staking in series two of whether they're doing it or not yeah no no <laughs> yeah we'll know it. i was
2: gonna say and then when you get to times convert it definitely is the decadence of the end of the french kingdom yeah yes yeah.
1: and there were 10 fucks in that book edited thank <laughs> you very much yep. <laughs> Thank you yep. very much. So yes, and a,
2: and a whole bunch, a whole bunch of you. I know, and Horn dog too. Yeah, and I think that made people uncomfortable because it was kind of a different
1: flair. Oh, I was
2: cheering. I was cheering for it. I and thought it, it was it's great. Suit. Yeah. It's, oh, I can't wait. Oh, I wish they pick up Times Convert because Ed would be amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So so yeah
1: yeah. There we are. There we are, and there we have it. So does anybody else have anything for the saving for the show? Nope. So stick around with us. And after this, we'll do last thoughts and things we cannot let go of. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe speakpipe.com, Slant Demons Discuss. Hit us up on social media. And we are at demonsdiscuss or at domain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there, too. Become a discusser, And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., text A-D-O-W, as in A-D-O-W, as in A Discovery of Witches. So text A-D-O-W to 444 or visit demonsdiscuss.com scroll down fill out the form and spammer code and that's it your discusser visit our main site demonsdomain.com to see what we're up to and if you like what you hear leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts keep angela alive you have any last thoughts guys
0: I did. I can't remember. I thought of one the other day.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I want to talk uh, about this. All right. This is going to be a long episode. Yeah, we hey. talked about it, but we didn't reach three hours yet, so it's good. It won't be as long as last. That, that yeah.
2: last And <laughs> <laughs> well, We've got some of this to chop out, so we're okay. Yeah. Oh, my last thought. What is my last thought for today? Uh, I've been thinking a lot about our hero panel, so. And? uh question is, how many do we have? Uh, are they all are, are they all on a hero's journey or are they not? Or we got lots of things to talk about to people deal. in Cardiff. Yeah. I'm just excited about it. I've got I've gotten to that stage where it's exciting. Do we know and what the I capacity is for the room? I can't wait for
1: Cardiff. No, um, we don't. I well, I'll have to ask Laura, but I I don't know at this point in time, no. So I have to get with her anyway. There's some questions I need to ask.
0: <laughs> well, you'll see her next week. I shall. Yeah. I shall. <laughs>
1: hey, by the way, if you're listening to this now, this already happened. So it's the timey-wimey yeah. stuff. So
2: don't worry about it. You know. It's the timey-wimey stuff. We're all excited about the tour next week. I have my questions at the ready. Oh, dear. we won't get any any answers, <laughs> There but I've you got go. got questions ready. There you go. <laughs> I like the I like the personal rejection as opposed to the the virtual rejection. There you go. Just <laughs> <of> my question. <laughs> just don't do it for the
1: world if they just you know let me down easy.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's something more intimate about the personal rejection of I'm not telling you
0: that. <laughs> it's- Oh, shit. Angela, <laughs> have you come up with your last thought? I don't. Oh, so well. How's, how's that for my last thought? She's got no thoughts. No. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well,
0: I'm fried. How's She's that? fried. She's,
2: it's Friday, you're fried. They're beating her up. It's Friday for a reason. Yeah, yes. for a why.
1: They're beating her up, dude. It's the man it's keeping her down.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no shit. Oh god. I'm saying proverbial man. Any men who are listening out there, know we're not out to get you. Sorry, Stephen, not you, not you. Proverbial man, the man, like the, the man. establishment, like dumb man, dumb man. man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my la- are my last thoughts. Um, I want to thank you all for the. Purple Notebook answers, you know, I've enjoyed seeing your guesses. It's still open and I'm going to keep the link to the survey question in the show notes. So if you haven't responded, go ahead and go in our show notes and it'll be in the episode notes on your app too. Um, just, Who do you think is in Deb's purple notebook? That's all we're asking there. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to give a little gratitude to our patrons, our reviewers, discussers via email and Facebook group. I mean, we call Steven our discusser in chief because he was the first listener who actually engaged with us in our early days when we only had beta listeners, you know. (laughs) so that was really cool and we just thought it was but now it's like we're hearing from people all over the world people we've never heard from before all you know new listeners new readers new new people new countries new countries new people getting introduced to this fandom so that's really good and i'm glad you're enjoying this show especially when i can't remember what we said from episode to episode so oh my gosh i'm (laughs) terrible (laughs) Until I go to edit it. I'm like, oh <laughs> so yeah. The response has been amazing. I mean, we're I feel like we're fortunate to have this gig, even though we gave it to ourselves.
2: Wow. <laughs> we created we created Isn't our how, own gig, yeah.
1: gig economy. Interesting, Yeah. And uh we get to talk to each other and we get to hear from you and then most of the time I just you know keep my blinders on because I don't want to believe our own press, but you know, hey. <laughs> We're up to 75 reviews and they're all good. I'm starting to worry. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) They can't be this. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Blinders back on anyway. um, Uh Yeah. And this is our third year of doing this podcast consistently. So who who knew we'd be able to keep this up? So I just wanted to reflect a little bit. There we go. It was good. I like I it. Know. That was my moment it's, to reflect. It's, it's your your pre-con reflection. Yes, yes. So bottom line, thanks for lifting
2: us up and encouraging yes. us to keep going. And that's it. And thanks for being in our lives.
1: Yes. And by the way, this is therapy for us. So mm-hmm. you're saving yes. us a lot of money that way.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: what else should I promote? Hey, our shop. The Fitzio shirt, the Mad, Bad, and Dangerous to Know shirt, all that you can find. The binge yeah. watch shirt, the which I binge now have. And watch I love. shirt, and Gene love, love, love. loves it. Um Yeah, if you want to get some merch from us, we are at, what did I put that at? com Slant Shop, S-H-O-P Shop. So if you want a t-shirt, a mug, or something like that, something to put your demon pride out there. We got stuff for you. But that's it. That's all I have. Any other things for the people? I don't think so. No, Jean? Well, all set today. Okay, so let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye,
2: everybody. Demon kiss.
1: We'll talk to you in a fortnight.
2: Bye. Bye.